you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Hey, support for the Friend Zone comes from Aptiv. Now, as the weather warms up, we're all working a little bit harder to get in shape. I know I am. And for fitness you'll look forward to, there is no better option than Aptiv. Aptiv isn't just another fitness app. It's a unique fitness experience that redefines the way that people work out by combining the motivational guidance of a trainer with the amazing music that you love, not canned, royalty-free tracks. Aptiv even offers health kit integration, so you can totally track your progress and access all your workout data in the health app. Get started today by going to Aptiv.com and enjoy a 30-day free trial when you sign up for a monthly subscription using the promo code FRIENDZONE. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com to get started. Look forward to your fitness with Aptiv. This week's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you by Bevel. You've heard about the signature fade with the bevel blade. That's a major key. But what about a bit of trim? If you've been patiently waiting the bevel trimmer... (laughs) Did I say that wrong? No. (laughs) Because I just... (laughs) So if your haircut look good, then you... What about a bit of... But what what about a bit of trim? But what about a bit of trim? (laughs) I'm going to do the whole damn thing. No, that was perfect. I know it is. Okay. With the jokes and all. But what about a bit of trim? If you've patiently waiting for the... Okay, this time. If you've been patiently waiting for the bevel trimmer, the wait is over. All orders are shipping now. Go to getbevel.com slash friendzone today. And for a limited time, when you buy the bevel trimmer, you'll get the first month of the bevel shaving system for free. That's getbevel.com slash friendzone. Now let's start the show. Welcome to the friendzone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. This is the friend zone. Let's start the show. We're gonna get this thing started. Start the ship off. <coughs> Put the key in the ignition. Mm. 
My podcast just went viral. Tattoo on my chest, straight tribal. Ratchet music blasting on title. Ugly niggas, I'm your motherfucking rival. I come to the studio on Tuesday to make fire heat to drop early Wednesday. I just sit and play. Crack jokes, okay. That's easy for me. It just comes straight naturally. Just like the freestyle, y'all know I'm talking about this shit. And you know that my rhyme's gonna go. You know these words gonna hit. I've been doing this two years strong. You know I ain't done with it. And I can even spit it up and go fast off of the beat with it like I... Just did You know I joke I kid Cause I'm really talented I was a gifted kid Child That's wild My mama and daddy Freaky styled One night And then they say God damn this lady Is with child I was in a belly Never ever smell it Came out the gate Smelling like Johnson's Baby lotion belly I only eat Grape jelly Scramble my eggs hot I don't want no E. coli Up in my belly Let's go Asante be humble. I will be humble. You know why I'm going to be humble? Because this beat. Because this beat. Because this beat. Because this beat. Beat, beat, beat. Because this beat is bananas. Because mm. there ain't mm. one popping. Mm. All mm. these niggas out here, mm. but I don't see mm. one stopping. Mm. Beat mm. from my flow. Mm. Whether it mm. be cash. Mm. Open mm. up that dough. Mm. Bitch mm. better have a pass Cause I mm. left sweet heat With mm. all my bad mm. biddies mm. Out mm. on the beach With mm. they tan and titties mm. Making that shit mm. Even that mm. shit mm. We mm. like that Cause it's another mm. hit mm. <sighs> That was humble mm. That was low mm. <laughs> Still flow Go ahead friend. Go, friend Burn 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 Like <laughs> well, it's the motherfucking first lady of the friend zone. I cannot. I cannot. Somebody needs to sample that for real, though. I want it as a ringtone. That needs to be a ring. I don't even like ringtones, but that's a ringtone for your ass right there. Person, okay. you don't need to be talking to I call cannot, you. And your I phone cannot. say, I cannot. It's like, oh, shit. Who I cannot. Here they go text. You ain't even got to look at it. You just leave it there buzzing. Like your phone going off? No, I don't gotta. I, I cannot. That ringtone just went viral. <laughs> Yo, y'all are hilarious. Be humble, little bitch. Sit I love down. that song. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a work of art, and uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. As as I said in the freestyle, I was just on the beach with the sweet bad bitties and sweet heat. Now, what is sweet heat for the people who don't know? <laughs> right, sweet heat say, is lesbian sin. pride out in Miami. Um, right, right, right. You know, we did South Beach, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Crystal Kid Fury. Shout out to DJ Dimples for throwing the whole damn thing. Oh, I yes. got to meet the Unicorn Sisters, who are amazing. Uh, Does Claremont Twins? <laughs> no. Uh, way more fashion forth than the Claremont Twins, you know. Uh, just some really, really cool. And I love the Claremonts. I just feel like they were robbed from Bad Girls Club, but we will not go down that road. Why? Did, where the hell they get Sinead from? Is that now? I'm not trying okay. to disrespect nobody's name, but is that like a common name or what? Because I thought it was like one of one. So they, None before oh, no, 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 no. it, none okay. I thought Can that I was give just, you the whole thing? Okay, yeah. so friend, so the Claremont Twins, do you know who they are? You know any of this? Because of you. Okay, so you know they're <laughs> Shannon and Sinead. Mm-hmm. They're the twins. They have an older sister named Shanuka. Shanuka. Yes. That's like a dope-ass pair of winter boots. 
Like, damn, nigga, you seen them chocolate brown Chinookas? I got <laughs> And Chinookas the baddest one. Chinookas the baddest one. It does sound like a winter coat. It's kind of weird because Chinooka looks like a mix between I remember the when she came to visit Tamar. them. I was like, damn, Chinooka is a badass bitch. She came in the house and it was dope that they sister was cute. I liked those girls on the Bad Girls Club. Yes. I thought were, they were funny. Yes, they All were their confessionals the were hilarious. Club. Remember I told you I saw them one day. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. And what I was you like, say? Be humble. <laughs> Hello, bitch. <laughs> No, I texted Asante like I just saw your friends. <laughs> Look, you they complexion now. No, <laughs> yeah, my my tan was a hit. It yeah. still is a hit. <laughs> Fred, what you been doing? Everyone came up to me like, "Oh, now I'm really taking notes from that from your yeah, uh, wellness segment last week because they saw it for saying I wasn't joking. She was not playing no for those games. that didn't believe. Didn't believe. <laughs> Ye of little faith. Okay, okay. You you didn't glowed up. <laughs> but people For were like real. this is a tan that Dustin Asante literally if you look <laughs> under my comments <laughs> that's all he says this is a tan that's it welcome you're welcome once you're welcome twice you're welcome 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 to the friend zone <laughs> your weekly look into all things mental health mental wellness and mental hygiene because I too have chosen not to have and have elected not to accept a musty brain that's right that's yeah, right. that's right. Party people uh, on the floor. Come on, all we do uh, is give them all. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. Big time. Shout out to that, DJ Taz. That right there That's was right. what I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed that right there. You look recalibrated. Well, the un- everything is centered now. Even though we just did it for you, do your homework. <laughs> look up. That's right, DJ Taz. It's an amazing song that never really got its flowers, so let's no, give it its it roses. Not. It is a song that you can play at any cookout, and people, although they may or may not know it, they're going to dance like they're familiar. <laughs> it is a great song. Lick up That's Right by DJ Taz. Yes. Uh, Y'all be knowing the most obscure shit. But you know what? Why these young young kids out here doing sample season? Like, Dems is the songs to sample and bring back out here. Like, and can I say, I love seeing you, Crystal and Fury, having a good time <laughs> on the beach mm-hmm. and just dancing. I was like, look at my friends. I, I hit Crystal bad like, I love beach. seeing you relax. <laughs> bad Bitch Beach. Greetings from Bad Bitch Beach. I said that in the snap. And right when I got off the snap, uh, the lady that was working the thing, she said, hi, welcome to Bad Bitch Beach. You should have told her, this is Mind Your Business City. <laughs> no, you. no, you're not kept playing. I said, well, thank you. Thank you so much. What did the bad bitches get today? Like, uh, what, no, no, what did you say? What are you doing here? <laughs> Latoya, what are you doing here? Uh, well, how did you find it? <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> yes, it was an amazing <laughs> What an amazing Can I tell y'all, time. it was a real shock to be on the plane, like to be on the beach early Monday and be there until like four or five and then to land in New York City. And smell two. piss. Landing <sighs> next to a crying ass baby. Well, first of all, I let saw me just your say, snap. Your face was priceless. Let me say, this baby was bad the entire flight, but I had my headphones on. The baby didn't bother me. I just saw it being bad and saying, as long as it's not bad over here. Like, it kept throwing shit, but the dad kept catching it, and I kept looking at the what? dad, and the dad was like, sorry about that. I couldn't hear him, but I was like, as long as the baby don't do nothing to me. Last 10 minutes of the flight, do you know they dropped this little girl? And I even said, what? all I hear is thump. 
on a flight. So you know it's already her rickety. Parents yes. Her. Yeah, she's like she's like two or three. All I hear is a thump and I look over, I take my headphone off and I go, I know y'all didn't drop her and we about to land. <laughs> and he looked at me. Oh, yes, I did. Why wouldn't I say that to him? She was doing almost all right. Is she okay? I mean, was she, she okay? She was not. She was livid. The snap was after about two to three minutes in. Like, she just couldn't be bothered. But her head hurt. She, her head hurt. That's why she was screaming. I couldn't be mad at her because they dropped her. What was he listening to? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. We cannot make fun of a dog last week and a baby this week, y'all. Oh, no. We now we're making fun of the the dog owner and the father. That's who we're making fun of. Oh, and um, speaking of the dog, one of you found the story and updated us that the dog was found. Sure was. And may I just say, what has she been washing that dog with? Because it looked like, no, it looked good. It looked like she had been washing that dog. It looked like, no, it looked like she'd been using motions. Like she'd be using motions products Herbal on the dog. Herbal essence. You know what yes, I'm saying? Yes. So Remember yes. those commercials? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm on style. Body and shine. <laughs> Not just for <laughs> 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 I'm not going to make it today. (laughs) Yo, listening back to that story, I was in tears. I was on the train like, what is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Every time I saw a dog in the airport, I was like, oh, dogs go to heaven, baby. She better hope. You better hope that dog hadn't terrorized, that dog hadn't bit nobody or nothing. (laughs) It was going the other way. Hot dog. It would have been a hot hot dog. You better hope it was all dogs going to heaven. (laughs) Well, on today here. Had the nerve to put it in a carrier (laughs) and everything. Had it in a carrier just to get carried away. That's messed up. Speaking of getting carried away. When you landed in LA, LA, you hear me? When you landed in New York, are you tired of New York yet? I tweeted yesterday. I was like, I have to break up with New York. I'm feeling it in my bones. Like, I I don't feel the same excitement when the plane lands. I, you know what? I used to crave coming back home, but now I'm like, yeah, I think I'm starting to plateau in this city. See, I do still crave coming back home because even though I was on the beach, yeah, I was bed. like, I was like, all right, I need to, you know, get back and get things going. But then I was still like, I'm on the beach, so fuck that. But when I landed, I was like, all right, I get to go be in my bed. But the transition up into that rough, is a right? trick. I'm cool till I get that first whiff of piss or <laughs> butt cheese. Right, because no. I'm just like, yo. When I... we had to walk outside, and first and foremost, you know, LaGuardia is doing way too much construction over there. They JFK need it. So though. now you have to take a shuttle over to get to, to your Ubers and stuff, unless really? you want to wait at the taxi stand. And the taxi stand was an ignorant wait. Yeah, last night was crazy. <sighs> JFK. I I don't know. I'm just starting to get that feeling. <laughs> I never. <laughs> oh, but I will tell you, you know, the program was lit leaving Miami. I had to take do my little clear, okay? And they oh, said, Oh, you switched already? You know, I already been doing the clear. I've been doing the clear. It's probably like my fourth or fifth time. Yo, you know? Tia, y'all, okay, we gotta maybe next week we'll do the the like business and lifestyle tip podcast episode because yes. mm-hmm. you hooked me up. I'll tell you about my points and things, okay? And I never, you know what I never did? I never checked in, like, early. Oh, I always check in early. We'll do that. I'll we'll check in early and it. stay late because I'm going to tell y'all how to get chose in the airport. We're doing the <laughs> airport show next week. Right, next week we'll do the tip show. But Teach y'all how to stay fly. <laughs> okay. Literally. But I, last week, <laughs> so last week's episode was the energy ooh, forecast. Ooh. 
<laughs> Last week's episode was the energy forecast that you guys totally loved, especially because we were gone for two weeks. But you guys had a lot to say, as usual. And what stood out to you guys, Asante? Well, <clears throat> under the SoundCloud comments, I see Sheree Butler decided to say, Asante, when you get a hunk of money, it's coming. I just want to say that. I hear that. Please, please, please get you some equipment. <laughs> you you must make your love of music your vocation. Much love. Aww. So, you know, not to just shout out to myself, but I wanted <laughs> to let the universe know that I see the signs. They're everywhere. And um, I will be pursuing music. If you are a producer, I can tell y'all I like sample season, but I also got a bunch of originals. I have been freestyling in my notes. Okay. I have pen and paper. Things are done. Project dates have been projected. Right. And okay? we have a lot in the works. And we we now have a lot in the works. Yes, so I, I have so much story that I'm going to be able to tell along the way. Whew. And I can't wait to tell it's it. It's going to be a, an exciting second half of the year. We'll um, out to you, friend. Roy S. said, this week's hot button hit right home for me. For the past few weeks, everything has been backwards, especially financially. I started a salad dressing company. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've never heard anyone say hey, you that. Know you can put that you on everything. Like, right? It's so good. I started a salad Fries, dressing. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Salad dressing is so multi-purpose. I'm sorry, I know. Frank. I'm Go fascinated. I'm glad. Chicken, um, <laughs> shrimp poppers. This is a great dip. You can do mozzarella sticks with salad dressing sometimes. You can. Oh, so fancy. Oh, you marinate no like the chicken, too. Everybody oh, know when you're yes. grilling outside, you marinate the chicken in Italian yes. dressing. Go ahead, friend. That's so fancy. Um, okay, I started a salad dressing company last year with a friend from college, and things have been going great. We make most of our money selling our dressings at craft and trade shows, but these past few weeks, the shows haven't been hitting like usually. Things were way up, and these past few weeks have been way down. It had me questioning everything. Thanks for reminding me it's all about getting through the lows and working through them. I won't say the name of my company, but if you guys want me to send you a care package, let oh, me know. Well, you know I do like Please take care of us. Okay. <laughs> and I think you absolutely should. And even this, like you said, you're handling the lows with grace, but... Hitting us and saying you'd send us a care package is great because obviously we'll shout you out as the black business of the week once yes. we use it. And hopefully that'll send you some dope traffic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Roy S. hit us up. You know the email. Sante will remind you at the end of the episode. First I thought you said Royce. And I was going to say, she was not asked to be back on Basketball Wives. <laughs> no, no. Royce, I remember her. The one that was <laughs> dancing at the pool all the and time. And pumping her arms Fanta up chic. in the air. Fanta chic. Yeah. <laughs> What a way to shoot yourself no. in the foot! That her and what was the other one? That the other dance troupe. What was that? Was horrid. What was the other doom from the start Susie? dance troupe? Oh. No, um, it wasn't even Not that show. Uh, uh, you know exactly who I'm talking I know about. Uh, assorted flavors. Assorted flavors. At least do you know. At least Neil had the nerve. Now at least Neil looks <laughs> damn then, good. You know she's like fifty. Golden right? Bristles argue with her right. about being in assorted flavors. I was like, are you for real? Are y'all really doing this as a grown ass? Woman. Wait, arguing because she didn't get in? Elise Neal had Assorted Flavors as her dance company, and I, oh no. And we, we use the term dance company loosely. Very, very. Because I know some real dancers. I'm talking about dancers, heel, ball, toe, on wood dancers, okay? <laughs> and that shit right there, that gyrating they was doing. She out here arguing with, was it Paula that said she started it? It was all, uh, oh yeah, it was. Pa- it was Paula, Paula J. Paula Parker. Paula J. Parker was trying to say that she started it. That she started and the dance crew? It was her idea. Which was believable once you saw it. And that oh. lessons that we gonna we can say that, okay? <laughs> and then there was an episode where Golden got to dance with assorted flavors, like... 
Mm, yeah, oh. absolutely that. <laughs> which one? Which so one of y'all? Which one of y'all called her Trojan Brooks? <laughs> Yo, and Dustin, does not Golden Brooks, Candy, Trojan Brooks, aka Bill Cosby. Oh. Do you know? <laughs> no, we get there. We are gonna get there. We'll get okay. there. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. So sidebar. <laughs> side, yeah. side, 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 bar. I text no. you. I text I you, and you did not and text did not. me back. And you know why? They and you text know you what back. I'm talking you know about. What? Okay, 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 okay. So we go. Are we going side off right bar? now? <laughs> so, and you better fucking tell it right, because I'm on the other side of this mic. Let me tell you how Dustin has been down like a one since day one. <laughs> we used to just sit up and smoke hey. and be watching. Like, I don't know why it was always my mission. I was like, okay, Dustin's coming over. I got to, like, get a bunch of, like, ridiculous shit for us to watch while I'm high. Like, you know, that's my idea of being a good guest. You know, some guests get your glass of wine. Like, no, I've got the weed ready, and I've got, like, some laughs ready. Let's go. So part of our ritual, we would watch the shows on, like, my mom's direct TV or some shit. And for the interim, like, for the—oh, it was Bravo. It was a lie. It was like watching Bravo live online. But instead of doing commercials, they just do this one long, like, we'll be right back thing and they like sample two tracks back they like just back to play back. this music yeah, it's like it's like we'll be right back and we'll have to watch like the commercials hold music? no yes yes, yes. it's wow. like home music no so, commercials nothing so, it's a bravo logo and this music playing so we was high as fuck wow. like i don't know what the fuck we was doing but the music was playing you know how i always got soft for everything we just up there first this is what happened so the music the music <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I can't even get it. So out. the music was playing, right? Me and Asante had just—we were just quiet. We were just sitting there. We were quiet. We were both in deep thought, right? And so I think we were at one point. We were both on our phones. We was both like in a high, you know, like both a high our, freeze. You like. know, we were like both on our phones and just, you know. So at one point, we were just quiet, and this music was playing. And I don't know if it was him or it was—it must have been him. It was him. Asante started humming along with the music, Sounds right? Sounds about right. So, hum. Okay. Okay, so that's the that's the that's the melody that he was humming. So when he starts doing that, I start saying, I start singing along to the melody that he's humming, right? And I was singing Moon River. Now, background, Moon River has always been a special song to me because there was an episode of Married with Children when Al and Peggy, like, they were slow dancing at some fancy dinner that they couldn't pay for, and they knew they couldn't pay for the meal, but they loved dancing in Moon River. So that's always just stuck with me from when I was a kid. So for some reason, when Asante was humming that melody, I started singing, Moon Moon River, River. So it kept going, right? And we kept like, I mean, like. (laughs) So it kept going. (laughs) 
we just so that was the song, a, right? Like, y'all, that is Between some high shit. Listen, so that was the song. So now, so listen, so this this happened, right? It happened. We never, ever, ever. We tried to Shazam the song. We tried everything. We was two tracks that played. I remember the second track used to come on and used to be like some clubs. It was dun 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 dun. And we was like, nah, we can mute it again. And we would just mute. But when Moon River came, which the song that we started calling Moon River came. Right. It just became called Moon River. And so, but we never, this, mind you, this is like three and a half years ago, right? We never, ever hear this again, ever. right? Never. We've tried, we've tried to watch programming online, all that. We never yep. hear it again. Fast forward, friend. Three and a half years later to that Dear Mama Spell. And this is what's going to tie it home for everybody listening. VH1 just had this Mother's Day Dear Mama special, right? Yeah. Where they had like Mary J. Blige. Was that what the one that was Lala? All these people, <laughs> Lala, you know. She hosted it. Her ring finger. Everybody was there. ring off. And so at the beginning of the show, when they were announcing all the talent, tell me why that fucking song was he, he playing swears. in the background. He texted me that Did you watch it? I Asante, haven't watched it yet. I texted Asante in all caps because I think about it, y'all. I've been waiting for literally <laughs> like, years like we to think hear that Moon, Like, Moon River is going to come up and tap us on the shoulder at a restaurant I just really like, thought that, that we is, were going to literally leave this earth and never... You know how it's certain songs you know you'll just never, ever hear again. You have no way of finding that's, them. That's literally, that's literally how I felt about uh, Romeo and Juliet motion picture back in the day when that little boy was singing that song because it wasn't on, when I went on the album and I was like I'm never going to hear this ever. I just can't believe it okay let me get back on track I'm sorry let me steer it back on course let's get into these streets alright into the in these streets I'll home fast forward okay so this week I want to give a shout out to the kitchenista at Miss M-I-S-S Angela Davis who yeah she tweets the best recipes best cooking all this shit that has the cutest daughter on earth yes she does she tweeted a picture of this delicious concoction and she she tweeted that it was buttermilk fried chicken thigh, Ooh. spicy sweet potato caramel sauce, cheddar cornbread <laughs> waffle, cheddar thing. cornbread waffle uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. on top of roasted collard greens. Jesus. Yes, hashtag Kitchenista Sundays. Oh so the hashtag is K I T. K I T C H E N at I S T A S U N D A Y S Kitchen Easter Sundays. This food looks so damn good. And she has ebooks. And yes. Yeah. Definitely support her if you are trying to get your cooking up or if you're already a cook. She'll help you get your I want to give a shout out to this is special, you guys. Look at your baby. I want to give a shout out to at Spooky Babe. Oh, no. S P O O K I B A B E. Who had the heart, the foresight, the insight, and the thoughts, <laughs> and the wisdom to tag me in. Because it's not always fun when you're tagged in stuff, right? right? But this is when you do it. She tagged me into a video <laughs> which was part of a thread on Vines. And it's titled I number 44. No, what you're going to play? It's titled number 44. If you want to come on down, then come on down. So, if you want to come on down, come on down. I'm going to Disney World October 3rd. So, if you want to come on down, come on down. Now, loyal listeners of the Friends on will know why that was near and dear to my heart. Classic. I cannot I believe that. Maya, it was she was crying. She was like, Who is that? You know I'm like, I, I don't know. Dustin and Asante. Do you not know still follow that young lady on Snapchat? 
Chris Hansen, if you're listening, I'm not a pedophile, but I still follow that young lady on Snapchat. Seriously, she posts? Yes! All the time. And if I, it's everything in me to not message her because I'm like, this is, you are all grown. Like, that's not funny. Even though you find her entertaining, don't. Because, like, I the CC show. I wonder if she has, show, like, a fan base on there. Like, you know, the CC show, her mm-hmm. parents do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, cool, CC, funny. But when it's like little kids doing that, I try to enjoy from a distance. The CC show is funny, and I, that, that that Fourth of July CC show video is legendary. Oh my God. talking about letting off firecrackers in that backseat, <laughs> and why the police come? Hey, you letting off fire? Why the police come? <laughs> the CC show is funny. Back to this because we will go all over. Um, I want to give a shout out to Nehi Maya K E N E E H I G H M I A H. Who tweeted me again? Y'all have really been hitting home this week. For oh, look at Dustin. It is a video of him filling up a cup oh with high sea no, orange look. at a fountain oh, somewhere. Yes. And you know, that just really set yes. my spirit just. <laughs> Hallelujah. It just really set my spirit right. I also want to give a shout out to the beautiful and talented Mary J. Blige, who will be performing on May 19th as part of the Today Show summer concert series. Get your asses to Central Park early in the morning and go see Mary J. Blige. Yes. And that's it in these streets, friend. Yay. So Mm -hmm. y'all ready to jump into this week's show? In, out, and side to side. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Well, this week, actually, Dustin had a, a very interesting uh story yes that he wanted to share with us and then we'll kind of just take it from there i did and it go uh, 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 like this <laughs> so recently i was a part of a conversation on a panel discussion and they were talking about different things that go on in the workplace that can contribute to something literally being deemed a hostile work environment and so as this discussion is going on, of course, naturally, it comes around to me. And they asked me if I had ever been in a situation that I could, you know, where, where I could basically tell them a story where I had been involved in a hostile work environment or something becoming that. So I reached into my bag of life experiences. <laughs> and I reached and down and I pulled back up. And guess what comes up? Asante. A great story about homophobia, right? Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Right. So, peep game, because it goes like, hey, bust this. It's 2017. Oh, okay, great, but this wasn't 2017. Thing. This was a couple years before. Oh. It was still a thing a couple years before. Too. I mean, either way, it was too late, but <laughs> this year, for clarity. Yeah, fuck homophobia. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> Anyway, so long story short, you guys, I was working at a job. Um, It was a corporate job. Um, I worked with a team of about 13 people, Um, lots and lots of women, lots of um, gay men. um, (laughs) And and, and some heterosexual men and women as well. Um, One guy in particular, he was really young. He had just, I think he was like two or three years out of college. Um, At the time, I wasn't. And so I was a little older than him, whatever. And it was since I've been settled into my new self, you know, the one that sits up straight and don't mind speaking up, no matter what it is that you want to discuss, okay? Because I wasn't always going too talkative. We'll put it like that. But at this point, you know, I'll talk to you about any damn thing. It's an open book, open pages. So anyway, so at this point in my life, though, I was, you know, people knew that I was gay or whatever, and it was no big deal. You know, I was, I'm okay with that. Cool. So I go to work and me and this guy actually hit it off, right? When we first start this job, because we were both starting up a new thing. It was like a a new uh, venture. I'm trying to be as uh, evasive as I can. (laughs) But anyway, um, so he was on the team. He was new, freshly out of college. This was like his second job. Um, I was a little older than him. 
And so him and I became, we struck up like a, you know, a bro-type friendship or whatever. We cracked good jokes. We had a good time together. There was another guy on the staff who was, um, um, he was gay, and you could tell that you would associate, like, his behavior with what people would think acting gay acts like, whatever. He was a little mm-hmm. bit more effeminate, whatever. You know what I mean? People knew that he was gay. He was actually uncomfortable with people knowing that about him, and I didn't give a damn. So uh, then you had, there were other people on the staff, lots of women, whatever. So long story short, I was cool with him. I was cool with everybody on the team, but I noticed that he treated the one guy that was more, I guess the one guy that he thought was more gay, he treated him differently. I noticed like a slow progression, like mm. a buildup of little like passive aggressive digs, just different things. And then I noticed he distanced himself from me too. And he distanced himself from the entire team really, but more so myself and the other guy. And so, but I never ever thought to think that it was like homophobia or whatever I just it never crossed my mind I just didn't give a fuck I thought he was weird and acting funny and I was sick of him and I was ready to you know yeah exactly (laughs) so after a conversation with one of the heterosexual guys on my team right who him and I had very candid open conversations about everything we had like barbershop Tucker as um Melania um Trump would say we had boy it boy talk we had boy talk so him and I would laugh we would have really good conversations that were we would have really good conversations that were transparent you know what I mean they were transparent like the top of Melania's husband's head but um him and I talked like I said very transparent and um you know that's just what it was so he ended up telling me that the other guy had a, like a, a homophobia thing. The you younger know? guy. Yeah, he was homophobic. Mm. And he said, and he was telling me, like, he was like, Dustin, you know, I, I don't want you to feel some kind of way because he's just young and inexperienced. He's never really been around any gay people. You know what I mean? He didn't under, he didn't understand that gay people could act different. He thinks all gay people act a certain way. He made comments like, wow. you know, I'm the only guy here. I don't feel like I fit in. You know, different shit like that. And so that's when I started getting angry. Right. Because it wasn't that I was uncomfortable about being gay or whatever. And it wasn't that I felt, you know, that I was in a hostile work environment. It was that I knew he wasn't going to disrespect me just because of the, the that wasn't the climate that we had in our workplace. Everybody was pretty fair with one another, um, pretty respectful. And, you know, I just wasn't going to take no shit anyway. Right. So, you know, it, that, it just but still, who it wasn't going to go like that. that you right? are? <laughs> but what started irritating me the more and more that I knew this secret was that I was able to identify and associate some of his behavior with that as mm. it was going on. It was the wildest shit to watch happen in front of my face. And so I ended clear. up, oh my God. Yeah. So, but the crazy part is I didn't struggle with working around him or, or existing around him or whatever. Cause I just, I kind of kept my foot on his neck from there on out. <laughs> like I never, I just stopped. I mean, I, if I could have driven a car up his nostrils, I would have done it because I did it every single I didn't let nothing slide, you know, at all. And in fact, some things I pushed towards me so I could stop him from sliding. <laughs> but uh, but what the challenge. <laughs> OK, I mean, I was on his ass. Do you hear me? Because I was mad. But that was my challenge. It wasn't that I felt, you know, offended or uncomfortable around him. I was struggling internally with with not, you know, 
acting out or reacting in ways that I wanted to based on the things that I knew he was fucking doing that were rooted in homophobia. Right. right. It was these passive aggressive like, digs. Right. It was all this shit. And I knew that once I knew that that's why he was doing that shit, I became very angry and very aggressive toward him. And I really wasn't even fair to him. Not that I had to be, but I know my behavior was like extreme. I mean, you know but why I mean? be fair to him? He's we passed judgment meetings, on y'all for being gay. Well, you know, so. I don't care no damn way. <laughs> right. We would be in meetings and anytime he would you know have something to contribute which was few and far between but when he would I would immediately you know trash it because it was trash <laughs> so it wasn't like I was being disingenuous Get here. but I, I mean seriously y'all like I became a monster in the office and so he hasn't said anything well, this was years ago, and so he never ended he never up said right. Anything. He never said anything, and he he actually ended up getting fired for being ugly. No, I'm just playing. Oh, he got fired. Well, I mean, that <laughs> take your ugly no, but he did off. get he did get Car fired because he did yeah he did like some like some some unethical things that whatever they let his ass go. Oh, but okay. working around him, I became so. I was mean. I was like really mean to him once I knew that that was rooted. What that was rooted in. And so everybody on the panel, then the discussion became, how do you know what homophobia is like and what is your experience? You know, what has your experience been with homophobia? How do you designate one thing as homophobia and what is not? Whatever. But my message to this group of people, and I guess this is where we can take the conversation, is that sometimes it's not even the offense that the other person has done. It's you not wanting to be changed because of this. I didn't want his homophobia to make me be just a very cruel person because I'm really happy in my life. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? And at the time I was very I was beginning to be on this journey to happiness. I did not want to tarnish that with having really a black heart because I started it was like a it was a knee jerk secondhand reaction. Like I'm about to just be terrorizing him like every opportunity I get. Right. I was driven. It also sucks to yeah. hear that. And so it was just weird, but it's a part of life that people don't really think about. It's something that you have to deal with, and I was fortunate enough to have someone that I could talk about those things with at that job at the time, and that's how I even got the information in the Mm, first place. And so that gave me an opportunity to, like, pause and manage it. But what about the other people who don't necessarily get that moment or that Mm. second to say, okay, that's what this is, so now I can prepare myself for my future interactions with this person and like I was able to, even though I did it the wrong way. Right. Well, but you know, just getting that you're moment. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. I wasn't friend. <laughs> <laughs> I had it I figured out. Friends. I was. I was going to be on his ass <laughs> for the rest of. I'll be uh, on your ass. Like for the eternity. For real, it just wasn't going to end well. And I was going to fight him tooth and nail about every single thing that I I could. <laughs> That's what I was going to do. And that's just not good, y'all, so... But, you know, on the other end of that coin, I think I'm a bit too passive when it comes to homophobia because, like, you said earlier... When you were telling the story earlier, in my mind, I just thought to myself, like, it sucks that I just kind of cut people off at certain points. Like, when they do certain things, I kind of just see them for that, and I'm like, all right, well, you're stupid then. Like, if someone were to do some shit like that to me, it... (laughs) I could make their life a living hell and curse them out because, you know, that's fun. (laughs) But... Sometimes in my mind, I just look at people and I think, I'm like, oh, well, you're an idiot for even thinking like that. And then I write them off. And it's like in certain instances, maybe not in this this particular one, I could be missing like a, a teachable moment or a moment to talk to somebody and um, be like, why the fuck are you homophobic? Like, you don't think me as a gay person, I already have like enough shit to deal with, like navigating this space on my own without you who don't even know what the fuck this means 
trying to judge me for it or take away from that. And I think it kind of sucks sometimes because it's hard to have a dialogue about what that means because there are a lot of homophobic people out there that won't deal with their own shit, so you can't really get anywhere with them. And I think that's part of the reason why I've become so passive and I just write shit like that off. I'm just like, all right, you're a fucking idiot. Well, there's also a huge group of people who also don't want to have that attached to them, that title. And so they immediately begin to refute anything that you tell them that they did that fell under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. They immediately True. start to dispute it. Immediately try to, you know, <laughs> act as if it is just completely unheard of or an that they would do that, your or part. you're crazy and you're oversensitive, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it just doesn't ever end well to me, and that's why I have um, decided that I am going to do things on a respect and disrespect basis because I don't give a damn how you feel about anything. Just don't disrespect this. me. Yep, you can be as homophobic as you want. Just don't be that way. <laughs> Just don't disrespect me because I don't give a damn who you are. At this point in my life, you know, I'm a man of a certain age and certain um, distinguished quality. And, you know, I can't just be out like here. Like you crossed your foot when you... Yeah. <laughs> I can't just be out here, you know, recklessly responding to things that really deserve that type of response. I can't do it anymore. So I have to just, um, I don't know what, friend, what do I, what I'm supposed to do, friend? Because I, I, I need to consult. You know what I'm saying? I, I Like, that balance part has been difficult for me, but it's been something that I really want. So I've been willing to do the work internally. Um, I will never be at a point where um, I'm, my sexuality is something that I allow anybody to manage other than me. Mm. And so that means that you can't receive me a certain way because of that. I don't have to be understanding of anyone's process or anyone's track or time mm-hmm. needed. I, agree. I also okay. understand that I have a responsibility, you know what I mean, to present myself in a way where this is something that people can understand after they deal with me and make make my sexuality something that, like I said, people can understand after they encounter me. Right. Because I feel like the way that I carry myself or the things that I do will make it easier for the next person that they encounter that may be gay or whatever right. the fuck. I'm not saying all these letters and shit because y'all know what I'm, I mean, everybody. <laughs> this is for everybody. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, like I just feel that responsibility. So it's something that people don't really think about. And it makes going into situations like the story I told from a couple years ago weird because especially as a black man, you're already walking out out the door with those adversities in mm-hmm. front of your face immediately you already have to have a guard up so now imagine having that and this is something that people never think about when they talk about gay people especially parents you know um, removing themselves from their children's lives they never think about the fact that not only is this child black child going out into the world having to protect themselves from that type of adversity now they have this additional layer that is all-encompassing, mm-hmm. so you got to watch out for everybody mm-hmm. two times. Also, dun, dun. navigating the regular <clears throat> anxieties of life, the regular things that you go through, adolescence, whatever. You have to do all that so it's like your brain is working triple time with thoughts of loving you on my mind. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's like your brain is working triple time, and nobody thinks about that. So the relevancy of that to what we're talking about now is that you might not want to push because you never know what somebody has going on. So when you decide that you're mad because this person is gay and that's enough for you to go ahead and be rude or blatantly disrespectful, 
imagine what they've been holding on to for however many years. Mm-hmm. And imagine that being the moment where they decide, that's enough. And now you're on the other end of the shit. I struggle with... Um, <laughs> it's so cool and crazy that we're having this conversation, but I also struggle with two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. So, like, in situations make like... Make you feel better. I, I know, because there are situations that, where you are, like, fucked up in the streets or... You know, wherever you at, you partying, having a good time, and somebody is drunk, and at some moment they get mad at something you did, and they want to yell, faggot! Mm. <laughs> Do you know that it would take so much joy? Like, I would be so thankful and just to take your tongue out your mouth. And I think nothing of it, but that is so evil. It's like two wrongs would do not make a right. But at the same time, it's like, why should you be able to speak if you're going to speak such horrible things to somebody for no reason? And then I get fucked up about to be like, all right, just bring it back down. This person don't mean nothing. The universe is going to take care of it. But then it's like, I have to also ask myself, well, universe, why did they call me a faggot? Like, wh- what is the message that this person yelling at, yelling this to me right now out here? Right. That you, you this is ninja training for you to get your tongue sharper than a goddamn Ginsu <laughs> knife and turn your ass around and be like, but yo, see, mama... Your mama and, and was you know one what you, first. You know what you're right. Because I be holding that rock in my hand and I be saying, like, you, you're already strong. Imagine how much stronger you could be if you didn't throw this rock. See, me, and I'm not good in, like, well, I shouldn't say I'm not good. I've been really working on being better, like, in the moment. If I have the time to stop and think, or if I'm with somebody that can help me stop and think, I'll, I will avoid, like, conflict and confrontation and stuff. But if, seriously, like, if I don't have that option, Especially, like, if I'm by myself or, like, if I'm just in the moment, I am i don't do well with just, like, just sitting there letting somebody right. disrespect Right. It's just time me. to take care of it. I can't. I physically. <laughs> Dustin doesn't. He just goes. I it's physically like, cannot deal with that shit. There's no countdown. There's no and one, two, three. It's just. I, no and that's and, that's and a lot of times people, <laughs> people say that shit and they talk that shit because they want to be tough and all of that shit. That is not at all what this is. Not I'm just all. saying, like, that is something that is a trigger for me. I, I don't do well and I cannot just sit and willfully allow somebody to just disrespect me like that. I don't give a damn who it is and where we are and none of that stuff. Now, professionally, I know that I have to. That's why I love the fact that I've decided to do a, to do things professionally that are public because I'm forced to get better at dealing with and things like yourself. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Now I've been working really hard to just be reasonable and keep things in perspective and really stay in, on top of myself and my actions and my reactions. Because every day something happens where you could, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. react negatively. Mm-hmm. But it's times when you're in the heat of the moment and something just unbelievable happens and you like, here we go, ding, and then like it's just on. So sometimes- I've been working with that. <laughs> Because when it's unbelievable sometimes, it's almost like, that means it's okay to act a fucking fool because this shit don't be happening that uh, that much. But then it's almost like, this shit ain't supposed to be happening, so I just need to leave this moment alone. Like, I need to get away from this as quickly as possible. And then, I, don't you get mad, though? Yes! This, this is the thing. This is what makes me Watching mad, people right? cry frustrated, I know that frustrated cry. Watching Candy cry frustrated sometimes, I'm like, I know what that means. We'll get there. We will. We're not there yet, <laughs> we but we'll get there. We will. I just, ooh. I know. You know, so I don't know. And so we're eating M&M's tonight, you guys. <laughs> we? We? Didn't you just say let you get some? <laughs> yeah, you know how long we've been doing episodes. I just got some. So. <laughs> and I think the tough part with the, like Asante is bringing up the teachable moment. 
and we've mentioned this before on the show, where it's like, why do we have to raise people? Right. That gets very old. Um, you know, like you saying how the dude's screaming at you at the party, you you stopping to create a quote-unquote teachable moment is you hoping to reach this person, and it's literally stopping your day, <laughs> your movement. Well, which you, you know what I mean? And I think that, that now that I'm getting older, because the old me, maybe if you had asked me a year ago, right. everything is a teachable moment. I feel like... Well, we've converted her. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, not even that. I just feel... I'm understanding that my time is precious and I have shit to do and it's not my job to help you figure out your life anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless you're close to me, like my really close friends, my family, those are people that, although I still have no, it's not my job to be accountable for their actions because it's nobody's job. Your job is to be accountable for your own. If everyone focused on themselves, it'd be a different world. Mm. But... Um, I do understand, though, that our friends, our family, we're all growing. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes and get things wrong. We should be taking care of each other and having those conversations if you, you know, if either one of you is slipping up in any way. But a person on the street, you know, like, I'm not stopping my day because you haven't taken the time out to figure out your shit. And then now I have to teach you. No. That's why I be saying things out loud in public sometimes. <laughs> like when they drop that baby on the plane. That's why I said it to them out loud. <laughs> like, I should not do this. Uh, and like with you baby. at work, Dustin, like I, it's frustrating because it's it sucks like how you were saying before you even knew mm-hmm. that he had felt this way. Mm-hmm. You weren't even paying attention. Mm-hmm. You were in your own world because you have shit to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what bothers me is the fact that he is now changing the trajectory of your day because now you're aware of his actions, where they're coming from, the intention. So obviously you're going to react how you feel most natural. But the only thing that bothers me about it is that he was changing your day. You know what I mean? And that's the part that I, I, I will say people should be mindful of only because my only concern with our lives is that no one is interfering with our moves, right? with our... Like you were saying, your happiness, you were coming into work happy. And now that person changed that mood. And that's the part that bothers me. Like, we shouldn't have to be affected because someone else hasn't done the work. Until he got fired. Until he got fired. Once which he got is fired, the boomerang it like effect, that too. scene from The Wiz when um, Eveline died. And they were singing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like. No, I'm just playing. Because he wasn't even a terror like that. Because like I said, it was a secret. Right. Like, I knew. Right, right, right. So low-key, all them niggas probably thought I was the terror. Now that I think about it. I've from never talked to anybody from, the from outside. that outside right. about that. But they probably thought I was a horrible person to work with. Well, what's that Jay Z line? Never argue with fools because okay, people from a distance this can't don't tell know who's who. Is who. who. <laughs> Listen, as long as I got time to think about it, I'm down for that. But sometimes I'll be like, you know what? Fuck that shit. <laughs> like, oh hell no! And then <laughs> well, it just it's goes crazy. Look, even sitting here now, I thought you was about to say, so it's okay sometimes to whoop a little ass. Like, well, I felt like I felt like New York when she was waiting for Flavor Flav to <laughs> let her go whoop pumpkins ass. Like I thought you was about to do that just now, but it's okay. So, Thank you, friend. Thank you. Let's go whoop every homophobe's ass. No, like, obviously, and obviously this doesn't compare to what we're talking about, but just the idea of not letting people change your mm-hmm. day. Like, mm-hmm. last night when I got home from the airport, the cabbie misunderstood the street that I told him to to take me to. And I noticed he was going, like, a weird way. So I was like, hey, where are you going? This is the street I told you. So he starts yelling at me. Oh, no. So he made the mistake. Okay, he made because I know where I live. I didn't get it wrong. He clearly was the one who misheard. 
starts screaming at me. I mean, screaming, like yelling. And I just stayed calm. And it wasn't me staying calm for the like, hey, friend, hey, like stay centered. It wasn't that. It was more so I had an amazing day, an amazing trip. I'm coming from staying with my best friend for the past three days and we celebrated her. You know, I get to come home and do the friend zone tomorrow. Like, you think you're going to be yelling at me because of whatever the fuck you went through today that put you in that mood and it's going to change mine? No, no, no. I stayed quiet. Let him scream. And I think the fact that he saw me just looking at him quiet and then he just stopped and I said to him you're done and he goes yes and I was like well now you know the street that it is so you stop yelling number one number two you take me where I asked you to take me the first time I said it and now you have nothing else to say to me boom boom and he was so quiet and then afterwards he apologized he was like I'm so sorry yeah because he's like I, why are you talking to a person like that? Like, what? what is wrong with you? Like, people are, we've said it before, people are in their own fucking movies. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, not trying to be a part of that. And then when I got out the car, I was still calm in my own world. And he was like, I'm really sorry that I spoke to you like that. He's like, I was having a shit day. And I was like, I know. <laughs> and I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> so, enjoy the rest of your night. I hope you get home safely. And he was like, thank you. I hope he had a blowout. And I hope... <laughs> I also hope, excuse me, I also hope that you left the doors open when you walked away from the car. <laughs> okay. But it was, I was complete, when I tell you I was completely unaffected, and I think that that's what I'm learning, <laughs> the older I'm getting. The old me wanted to fix everything. The new me is just like, whoop ass! You figure out your day while I'm figuring out mine. And that's sort of my mantra now. Because it's too much. Every, like, you know, that dude at work. What, who knows what issues? And I was actually having this conversation the other day because there's someone that, someone I know has a friend who is, they're kind of like realizing is homophobic. And someone was like, I think it's because he was taunted a lot, like of, that he was gay when he was younger. So now he has like a resistance, you know? So who knows? Like people have their projections, their issues, instead of just figuring it out, sitting down, talking to someone, you know, or even the excuse of, oh, he didn't grow up around gay people. Come on. Mm-hmm. So is that. Hell, I didn't either. Shit. <laughs> well, nobody in my house gay. That's literally. <laughs> I just think it's such a silly thing. Like, okay. That's literally why I've adopted the gone over there with all that mentality. Because, like, it's that energy. Just gone over there with all that. Keep right. that over there. I don't care what it is. I ain't got time for it. And nobody has time to raise other humans. Please I got time to lower them, though. <laughs> but see, but I didn't low, like the idea low, of you low, being at low, work low. exhausted because that's exhausting. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was exhausting, but it was what fun, What was your too. favorite thing to terrorize him doing? In meetings. Yeah. Because it was, I was able to embarrass him and I knew that it would make him, like, I knew he felt that the most. Because it was, it was like a, because like I said, he was homophobic, it was like a male ego thing. And every opportunity I had to snatch the soul from his ego, I did it. So when we would be in meetings and he would be presenting, I would point out every error. I mean, even down to like <laughs> grammatical shit, oh my using God, the wrong it. font. You know what I'm saying? You know, you do PowerPoints so and you're supposed to have a certain like the company font if they have like their mm. own, you know. Yeah. His shit would be all wrong. Oh, I would no. always point it out like, oh my God, we're going to have to sit through. So he's has he's got to redo it or we have to... I, we got to sit through this. I would like just go. Oh my god! <laughs> and when he would come up with ideas and stuff, I would tell him that they weren't smart and well thought out. And I would point out where you know the potential roadblocks and shit like that were. I would do like that was my favorite way. 
in like meetings because I was able to like demean him or like bring him down. Some I knew I was I knew I was bruising his ego, right? And because of what his hatred was rooted in, I knew that that was how I was gonna get him. <laughs> And you I was going to outman him. And you know you what I'm saying? Him. And what he thought, like, yeah. the manly shit was. I was like, I'm going to do it every fucking opportunity I get. And so I did. I done got hot thinking about it now. I see it in your face. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know what he's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine Ooh. how frustrating it is, though. Because yeah. people don't do the work. And then you have to suffer from their neglect. <laughs> He used to be up. looking horrible at work too, and he could have used our help. And furthermore, he used to wear them dress shoes that was like real wide and went up them spatula shoes that the old niggas be wearing. He no. used to wear it all with the square toe that curve up. Those he used to wear it all at work. The hood interview shoes, you right? Know, when the yes. Hood had an interview. Yes. And that's yes. all you had. He had them shoes. Now, look, I don't know those, how he those got are it. the, with the ones. dress shirt and the jeans. Mm-hmm. Where were you, Where were you today? I had an interview. Big ass <laughs> pant legs and shit. <laughs> Cheap ass suits. The Manila folder. No, not the Manila folder. <laughs> I used to cringe when he would like when we would have to present to like higher level. You know, I would like cringe when he would come in like for the presentation. <laughs> I would make him uncomfortable by like his appearance. It was bad, y'all. I'm telling you. <laughs> was it bad? Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> was it so it bad? It was so bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. What I advice? Don't know. I mean, what advice? Because now, that was a while ago. Right. Now that you've been able to kind of look back at it uh-huh. and Girl. look back at it, it's a, what has a chance? <laughs> Damn, we kick you. <laughs> Like, you're able to process it now. Because a lot of the times, you know, we might be like, oh, damn, I should have acted differently or done this differently. But it was just the ninja training, which we all kind of have to go through so that the next time that storyline comes around, because I do believe that everything that happens, (laughs) if there's a lesson that wasn't learned, it's going to come back until you learn it. Is that why it keeps coming back? I really believe that because I've seen it in my own life where I'm like, oh, clearly I didn't learn this the first two times. Because I always regret not whooping ass. So should I just whoop the ass? Like, is that what it means? And then be like, it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should do what comes natural in the moment because that's just where you're at. And that's the reality of it. That's where you're at. It's the last year of my 20s now. I mean, <laughs> and I am not saying whoop ass. I'm saying do what comes natural. Because eventually, if that lesson comes back around, you're going to keep learning what you need to learn for who you are in that moment, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm speaking from experience. Obviously, I'm no like life guru. But that's how I've been able to process things as I'm getting older because it just keeps coming back. I'm like, oh my God, didn't I just deal with this five years ago? So what you're saying is get them before they get you. (laughs) That's what I heard. That's what you're saying, friend. What I'm saying is learn your lesson however you need to. Because it's going to get learned. It's your choice of what part of your timeline you want to learn it. Or if I want to be a teacher. (laughs) Or if I want to be a teacher. You you, you throwing that part in there too? (laughs) That's up to you. That's not your obligation either. It's not. You're right. It's obvious. It's really not. But sometimes not. I might want to put the glasses on. <laughs> Honestly, I would tell <laughs> my younger self. Session. Okay. <laughs> like, if I could talk to myself from then, I would tell myself to set them up so I could get, like, oh a lawsuit God. going. <laughs> no, Dustin. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would set them up to, like, do something really on blatantly a petty homophobic note? On, a, on a petty note and on a camera note. <laughs> and on a in front of an audience note, I would have him do something <laughs> blatantly homophobic and set them up to... 
be fired and for me to have something, some sort of compensation. But all those things come out somehow. I just want them to suffer. No, I'm just playing. But uh, if I could talk to myself <laughs> back then, I don't know what I would tell myself because I feel like the fact that I even thought about it on that level because I really don't, I really didn't want to be, like I said, a terrible person. Right. I think that that showed that I was even reasoning about it as opposed to just reacting. So I feel like I handled it well. Well, you were aware. But mm-hmm. like you said, I didn't want your other coworkers to be like, damn, why is that right. such an asshole? Like, he's always on this dude's You're neck. Because right. so they I'm, don't see the full picture. Not that it matters what people are thinking, but. I think that I would have started buying lunch <laughs> more. For the rest of the team. I was just going to say, I would go back and tell Dustin's self then that he should befriend all the women in the office and be cool with everybody and then start, you know, spreading rumors about him. (laughs) What advice do y'all have, though? Because I'm more than sure there are people dealing with this right as we speak. How should they handle it? I just don't think that anyone in a workplace setting should be frequently and willfully disrespected. And I think that if that is the lot that you find yourself in, you need to change it. And Mm. if that means um, addressing things in a non-confrontational but very direct and final manner, then maybe you should start doing that and create the environment that you need to, to thrive in. Because what they cannot do is legally discriminate against you for being gay. They cannot do things that make your work environment unsafe right. and or hostile, that is literally against the rules. Everybody's rules, okay? And okay. so you need to go ahead and start addressing people and forcing them to understand how your world works and the things that are, you know, appropriate in your eyes and the things that are not. And I think that besides that, you should start being more vocal in settings about what you require to feel safe um, and just really be upfront with it because it's not time, especially with all the things that are going on now. It's just not a good time to be passive about people being inconsiderate and intolerant. It's mm-hmm. just not a good time to be passive. And so I think everybody needs to face shit head on and just really address it and create what they need. That's mm. what I think. And that's the nice way of saying beat them until somebody pulls you off of them. (laughs) You know, luckily I was working, I work in the, or I used to. Ooh, look at you. (laughs) You timeline jumped. You're like, wait, no. I made it through. (laughs) Which one of y'all? I used to work in the restaurant industry, so it was never really a a lot of homophobia that went through, but there was still a lot of issues that occurred. Like a lot of disrespect, a lot of situations where I felt like I can't come to a place and work here if it's going to be a strain on, like, my spirit, my soul. Of course. Because there's no way I'm going to be able to, A, actually get the work done and, B, like, be happy, like, once I leave work. So it's like, what am I even doing here if I'm taking all the energy with me and it's all dead? So whenever I was in situations at work where I felt like things were not right, I would always try to be vocal and I always would try to do the right thing to get things alleviated, whether it be talking to HR or talking to management and do that whole thing. But I also <laughs> made sure that I would talk to people who I had issues with head on as well, like just so I wouldn't be clear. I mean, just so I wouldn't be misunderstood in saying like, hey, I went and I talked to this person about X, Y, and Z because I was feeling disrespected. And I'm just letting you know on the top front, like this is what's going on. And I feel like in a lot of work situations, 
it's not comfortable to do that because people are so buddy-buddy or friendly. And, you know, with the with the political climate, it's hard to even know who's doing what, depending on what your bosses are doing, like whether you can talk to them or not. And I just think it makes it really hard to expect other people to fight a fight for you. And that's why I always try to talk to the person head on first about what the issue is. And like you said, you don't have to be the teacher. So you don't have to talk to any of those people about anything. You could just mentally make that person invisible. But um, I do try to make it a point to let people know in situations like that, professional ones, business ones, we have to see you regularly. I could be a dust and I can make your life a living hell every time we come to work. Right. Or I could use that extra time to, you know, that extra energy somewhere else over here and pretty much act like you don't exist. And that's what I've been doing. I've been acting like people, people who don't want to exist in my life or have, have counted to. me out <laughs> can count me out. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a better blessing over here by myself than I am over here being a nuisance to you, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, to some stranger, to some cab driver that went the wrong fucking way. You're going to curse me out? No, sir. This is X, Y, and Z. Oof. Now take me home and leave me alone. It's like a whole dialogue they're having with themselves while you're living your life. And that's why I just have to say, go on over there with all that. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is, I don't even got time to figure out what it is. Just go on over there with all that. I just, I can't do it. And I'm not a man and I'm not gay, so. <laughs> but you know you do. What I can't give advice. <laughs> but for those of you Damn, in. You're not gay no, I'm just. <gasps> man, oh, <laughs> okay, but randomly, I ain't trying to put no rumors out. But mm-hmm. when we was at the club, <laughs> Well, we was at G5. Well, y'all I thought see, y'all saw me? I kid you <laughs> not. Stop. There was a stud. Had that the, looked the, like me? That had the fitted to the back and a tank top and some swimming shorts uh, with the ass out like a stud. And they had long ass hair down. I was like, is that friend? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I, if I turned around like, uh, oh, what's up, I mean, friend, you was killing it. You was over there making it rain. <laughs> I was like, friend, God, the dog. Over there, I can't do <laughs> you are silly. No, I was gonna say I feel like obviously it's not my place to give advice because that's not my, it's not my narrative, it's not my story. So I I am not experiencing it. But I will say for those who could be creating these hostile environments, I hope you're listening to this episode. I hope you're listening to these perspectives and paying attention to what you are creating for other people's lives. You know what I mean? Just because of your bullshit. Like, that's Stop terrible. Stop your personal opinions to work about yeah, shit. Yeah, like, look, you you know, someone has Dustin over here making fun of PowerPoint fonts, even though I feel like he would do that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, like, Dustin, we all see how happy and funny and amazing he is when now, you know... Well, with that situation, he had to come to work and show a different side of him because it's frustrating. It's frustrating. He's human. He was affected. And it sucks that somebody would create that environment for someone else, like where they're just trying to be somewhere to, and thriving. That's We're all trying to figure it out and thrive. And it sucks mm-hmm. if you're creating environments where people don't even aren't even able to do that properly. They have to adjust to your childishness. It's really unfair. So... That's the side that I'm going to give advice on. If you you know if you're that person, you know it. You know if you're that person at work with one of your cousins or your siblings or your kids, you know if you're that person. And this is hopefully making you think about the words you say, the energy you're putting out, the actions, even if it's small microaggressions and passive aggressiveness that you think isn't affecting people, read energy very easily. 
it's not hard to tell when someone has, you know, some weird thoughts going on in their head when they're around you. Just pay attention. Like we always say, leave people better than you found them. Don't make people's lives difficult. Speaking of leaving people better than when you found them, (laughs) one thing I miss about living in Atlanta, I used to work at this uh, (laughs) store, and because it was a very, like, homophobic area in Atlanta, right? Uh, Some of the guys, when we would leave, they'd be like, hey, you need us to walk you out to your car? And I'd be like, y'all know y'all ain't got to do this for me. And they'd be like, no, you know, we don't really rock with you like that, but our girls will be mad if we let something happen to your ass. And I'd be like, this is Not the not the whisper. <laughs> but hopefully this helped someone who may be listening. Thank you, Dustin, for sharing that story. It wasn't it a good story? It really was. It was story it's time though. at the friend zone. <laughs> it's we really gave you a important. story you can type on your phone. <laughs> Boys and girls want to hear a true story. Saturday you just did, so don't ask me no more, homie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Liquor overflowing the cup. Y'all always, y'all are literal jukeboxes. Today's episode of The Friend Zone is also brought to you by Third Love. Ladies, stop tugging at your bra straps and second-guessing your size. It's time to put the fit first with Third Love. Third Love uses real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and are more comfortable. They offer sizes from AA through G, as well as exclusive half-cup sizes. Just answer a few simple questions online, and Third Love will recommend a bra in the right size and style for you. And now, Third Love is offering you a chance to try one of their perfect 24-7 bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping, and you're on your way to a perfect fit. Third Love wants you to really live in this bra. Wash it, wear it, work out in it. You might even forget you have it on. If Third Love isn't your new favorite bra, just return or exchange it for free. So go to thirdlove.com friend now to get your perfect bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com forward slash friend to try your new favorite bra for free. So let's move on to this week's wellness segment. Well, 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 well. (laughs) So I have a question for y'all. Have y'all ever been around someone painting their nails? Yes. Now, have you been around someone removing the nail polish? Yes. Oh, my God. The smell. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate that shit. Isn't it the worst? Like, nail polish is remover the, is, is one of the, the worst. Is the MSG? The mm-hmm. one of... You said MSG. <laughs> yeah, I can't ever tell which one's which. It's one of the worst, most, like, toxic, poisonous smells. And, it's and you know, obviously, I'm... You know, I try my best to cut down chemicals and help people find products that don't have chemicals but that one is like y'all when you walk into nail salons the smell <gasps> i used so, to love the okay go this ahead is awful. <laughs> he's gonna say but he like when i was the little smell. there used to be this place oh called merle God. norman in the mall <laughs> <laughs> and they they did nails and i used to love smelling that acrylic <gasps> when i would walk past no. you know the way the acrylic smells and the, when oh. they would get the airbrush design yes i used to i just used to love smelling that when i would walk past that <laughs> in the mall <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are so silly. <laughs> a Mickey Mouse. Stencil. I used to love them little guns. Yeah. Like, let me borrow that. <laughs> well, I wanted to, because uh, you know, yeah. you got to put them on to healthier options. That's right. There is a brand because I was uh, taking off my nail polish the other day, and a friend of mine was like, "Oh my god, I don't smell anything." She's like, "It smells like 
lavender oil. And I'm like, <laughs> friend, you would have nail polish remover that smell like, like lavender, lavender oil. oil. It does. Yeah, of course it does. Her, her tea today smelled like Vicks Vapor. I was like, ooh, ooh you smell that mint. It, it was a little strong, though. I, that was accidental. What was the name of that beach? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but my friend was so shocked. Like, how the hell do you have a nail polish remover that's oil-based? Like, come on. There's literally an oil for everything. But I wanted to tell you guys <laughs> about current. Someone told me that my slogan should be, there's an oil for that. <laughs> um, so I want to tell you guys about Karma Organic Nail Polish Removers. Of course, it's called Karma. Um, and it's soy-based. And it has all of these natural essential oils. It's free of petroleum ingredients. Listen to this. It's packaged in 100% recyclable glass bottles. And all of the ingredients are derived from farm crops. So it's actually supporting farmers as well. So it's literally amazing all the way around through the way it's manufactured, through the actual bottle, the ingredients, and then your health. So there's no losing with this. And now I'm I'm so I'm sort of been I can't speak English today. I've been trying to be more mindful of, you know, sustainable products like eco friendly and cruelty free. That's sort of like where my head is starting to shift more. I'm watching all those Netflix documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) So so they have a few different ones. But the one that I use is, of course, the lavender based one because it's just (laughs) nice. And, you know, one thing, those of you who use nail polish remover, you'll know that your nails get ashy. I mean, you know, you don't be soaking the acrylic (laughs) off. Your hands look like uh, Kellyanne Conway when you pull them <laughs> yes, out the acrylic. Absolutely. You know what? You've uh-huh. seen that. I know yep. you guys have seen that. Where your nails literally look dehydrated and really dry. Sometimes people's nails get brittle if they Oof. don't do something about it. Lot's wife from the Bible when she turned around and turned oh, my- in that pillar of salt. She had been soaking <laughs> her nails off. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god y'all are too funny Judge Judy looked like Lot's wife <laughs> and you Kellyanne Conway just looked like the Lot go ahead <laughs> and if you've been following my work for the past couple of years you will see on my Instagram and I th- I'm not I don't remember if I did it on YouTube I may have where I had um, shown people that you can grow your nails the same length as the acrylic ones and I actually grew them and they started curving like SWV. My mm. natural, what? yes, my natural nails. And I grew it just to prove to people that it's absolutely possible. Not saying, obviously, if you want to use acrylics, do it. But for those who, there are people who use acrylics just because they think like, oh, I need longer nails and this is the only way to do it. So this is JBC all for your <laughs> But the way to do it, and I wish I had pulled up the picture so I could show y'all. But the way to do it is to massage your nails every night with coconut oil before you go to bed. Because it's really moisture. It's no different than your skin or your hair. Moisture makes everything thrive. So if you're someone who wants healthier nails, <laughs> Dustin Sante over here dancing. <laughs> massage your cocoa. I would massage that cocoa, coconut oil into my nail beds and gyrate. <laughs> Yo, hips better. For the coconut oil. Yo, hips better. But it's amazing. Obviously, use it on your feet. It's just a really great way for those of you maybe who have been having issues with your nails and not growing or they just don't look good. 
oil, coconut oil. You oh, can obviously yeah. use any oh, oil, yeah. but for me, coconut oil, massaging it on my nails at night. I actually keep like a little bottle, a little jar by my, like on my nightstand so that I remember when I see it and I massage. Oil. Yeah, I massage my nails. Cut it out. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Maya, two fingers and some coconut oil. <laughs> sweet heat, sweet heat. <laughs> oh, Massage on a nail bed, so right. Okay. You know what's funny, Maya? Maya, which I will shout out later. She has merch out, and she actually did two fingers in a coconut oil pin set. Oh. <laughs> oh, shout out to that episode, celebrity episode we did with Maya. But um, anyways, getting back to the wellness segment. <laughs> But yeah, so the so oil has been known, and I'm saying known through my own research and proof, to grow nails. They look amazing. I can get my nails super long and beautiful and strong, and no, they don't break. They've lasted for a long time. I only cut them down because I couldn't handle it. I was like, this is, I don't know how people have long-ass nails like that. It was making everything huh? difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I was pressing buttons like this. <laughs> In the elevator, like... like. <laughs> I just don't know. But um, it's proof that oil is helpful. So not only is this nail polish remover smell way better, but it's also helping your nails grow. So it's kind of cool to have, like, a beauty regimen that's being created even just from you removing nail polish. Here's the trick, though. It does not remove it quickly. I mean, that's that's okay. That's the buy-in. Right. You got to buy in now. Because <laughs> I know a lot of people uh, will be frustrated because they'll be like, oh, my God, this takes forever. Now, the key is to remove it. I'm actually really glad that you asked that. The key is to not remove it with a cotton ball. The key is to remove it with a washcloth. Mm. You need a little bit of right. Wash you your need, nails. The right. Scrubbing. Yes, yeah, because scrubbing. Um, I was removing it with a cotton ball because I mean that's what you've always done with nail polish remover. But um, and I saw people complaining like, "Oh, this just hurts. My elbow was hurting. My wrist hurting. It takes too long." And I was like, "What could I use that will speed up the process?" But still allow me to use this natural version because I just didn't want to go back to the old one. So I tried it with a washcloth. And it's a washcloth that obviously I use specifically for my nails. And I started to take it off. And, yo, I promise you it was the same time as the old one, as the old nail polish remover. So I guess it just needed that friction, something just Mm. like a little rougher than just cotton. Yeah, you know, impress it and really go in like a circular formation because obviously it is a little harder. It's just natural oils. No, don't don't use no washcloth with regular nail polish now. You got to take your nail bed. All your hands will look like the Simpsons. Uh-uh. Um, but I really want you guys to try this one. They have it right now at Whole Foods. They have it in like 40 different Whole Foods market. It's been, uh, fe- I actually first saw it featured in, um, I think it was like Glamour magazine. One of those magazines, I was somewhere and I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm so curious about this. Ordered it. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, grab it at, at Whole Foods and then they have it on Amazon too. And a lot of other sites, I'm sure, like iHerb and v, um, Vitacost and all those like beauty and wellness based sites. So it's really cool. It goes a long way too. Cause you know how old goes a long yes. way in general, just even if it's on your skin or a cooking. That's the beauty. I promise you, I've had my bottle. I think it's like a four ounce bottle that I ordered. I've had it for about six or seven months. And I'm someone that uses nail polish a lot. So it goes a long way because you do not need to continue. You know, you ever watch someone, they keep like Mm -hmm. putting in the cotton ball over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. And you have like five. Yeah. (laughs) 
You see the garbage basket full of cotton balls with nail polish on it. <laughs> They're flat because they flat because it was wet uh-huh. and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> but with this one, you need a couple of drops, and those couple drops will remove both of your hands' uh, nail polish. I was about to say both your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so it really goes a long way. So it's financially. Um, efficient, you know, and I just think it's something cool that you guys should check out if you're someone that does your nails and looking for a healthier regimen. Very dope. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't either until I saw that and I was like, oh, I'm so happy. And then it smells like lavender oil on your hands, you know what I mean? So it's it's really cool. Something for you guys to consider. Um, And yes, that's it for this week's wellness segment. (laughs) 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 Now let's see. The perm commercial. (laughs) Now let's see what Mr. Music Man has for us today. Music Man. (laughs) What you got for us, Asante? (laughs) Music Man. So I finally finished the playlist that I promised everyone last week but did not finish because I thought I was going to have time to finish it and I had to go sweet heat, so I ain't finish it. So the playlists are officially <laughs> actually Blackshirley done. They will be going up on Twitter, up under my post, at Hey Asante on Twitter. You can see it, uh, hashtag April, oh, hashtag After Dark and hashtag May Jewels. Hashtag April Cools is still available if you want to listen to it. Everything is going to be available on both iTunes and Spotify. I took time to make the playlist on both. But as for today, we will be doing an icebreaker that actually got on Twitter from at Jerry H. And she asks, as an icebreaker, everyone name a song and set the scene where the song sounds best. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I like that just because, you know, I think Everyone about scoring and shit. Everyone and set the scene where a song sounds best. Hmm. Okay, so I, I got a song. <laughs> My song is Bad to the Bone. Y'all know that song, Long story short, because I could go into a lot of detail, but when I was growing up, I was at what would be church for me. And the this lady, <laughs> one of her feet was was compromised, and she had a correction shoe on, and it got stuck on the accelerator in her van, and she ran into the building right while we were inside having the service. Oh my and god! What? So she so her car slammed into the building right, and it was like boom. And we were like, "What the hell happened?" Well, we didn't say hell because we was you know we was like, "What happened?" And so long story short. She had, her, like I said, her correction shoe got stuck and her car hit the building. But my brother started making a joke to me, telling me that when she hit the building, bad to the bone was blasted. She slammed into the building. My brother said that. So that's the song and the time is perfect. <laughs> now, how can I follow that? <laughs> I don't damn. <laughs> he said that. I remember I was being I was I remember uncontrollably laughing, feeling like my fucking bladder was just gonna come out my pants leg. I'm telling you. Oh, I gotta think about it. You have one? So lately I've been listening to like a lot of real turn up music, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Every Day We Lit is like one of my songs. Uh mm. That actually, uh, one Alex put us on to. I feel like Alex always has like a tune, a jam. And so I put this on one of the playlists. And so if you're listening to that, you'll hear it. But uh, Every Day We Lit is by, who is it? PNB Rock? I Am Sue? One of them, one of them. 
Every day we lit. But it's just a crunk ass song about people, you know, being lit as fuck. So I would play that while it's like a scene of all of us at one of the live shows. Because every day we lit. Like it's always like us having like a good ass time. And I feel like there's like a movie in that, whether it's like one of our movies or it's just some random person that thinks that they know our lives and they're going to do a biopic on it. Just have every day we lit, every day we lit. Just playing in the background while we all do like our bows or some shit. It's like the friend zone. <laughs> Doing our bows. Our bows. Oh, bows. Like bow. Take a bow. Like, <laughs> go on and take um, a bow. Hmm. Doing our bows. I'm going to take... You know, I'm gonna take Sabrina Claudio's song Orion's Belt. Mm. I don't know if y'all have heard it. It is so beautiful. I listened to the project, but I didn't. Um, that song I did on shuffle. I probably heard it. Like Dustin was saying, homework. Y'all gotta play it. It's mm. so beautiful. It's, it's just vibey. Um, and I would say, have, have y'all seen the? Um, the planetarium at the American Museum no, of I National of, you hear me national of uh, natural <laughs> history <laughs> I'm like wrong museum uh, American Museum of Natural side, History right? yeah it has a planetarium yes. in it such a cute date night I, I've always wanted because to. there's a part where you lay on the floor it's kind of similar to that I um, know what you're about to say me so and you went to and you guys lay on the floor and they have like little pillows and mats and you guys just like stare at the exhibit you know it's a planetarium so they have like the all the systems for you to look up and the stars and the planets oh my god so that would be mine I would do that too but with mask off <laughs> <laughs> with the flute mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't that a cute date it, though yeah. I have wanted to go to the planetarium forever like, we should have an episode of date ideas you know who the director of that planetarium is Ayanna Van Zandt <laughs> No, gutter snipe. That, Straight up out the sky. What is that black dude? He's a scientist and he's like friends with Bill Nye. Yes, he he's like the director of some shit at Planetarium because you know he, is he? he narrates all the shit. I mean that shit. would make sense. I'll be watching all that shit high as fuck. He be narrating. Neil it. Tyson. Yes, I love him. I Mike be, Tyson running the goddamn no, Planetarium. My nigga, no. <laughs> no, and those of you in New York, if you get a chance. Go see. Obviously, it doesn't have to be for a date. You can go it just to see it. I mean, but it'd be nice. But it is a mood, though. Like, you'll love it. You'll Ooh, love it. No, you didn't. <laughs> but Ooh. play that song, too, because that song is so good. Shout out to Sabrina. Kaya. I got a song. Did everybody go? Yeah. Yeah, I just okay. want to clarify. But I, I, my song was Every Day We Lit. It's by YFN Lucci featuring PNB Rock. Mm, PNB Rock. I remember him. Been on everything. PNB Rock been doing their thing. <laughs> Shout out to Tax. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, beloved. Shout out to Tax. <laughs> so, one of my friends told me that they were at the gym mm-hmm. and they were in like the studio space at the gym or whatever. And this girl was, a, she was a ballerina. And she was dancing like free, like I don't know what you call it when they just freestyle dance or whatever. But she was doing like ballet, but it was like hard choreo. Mm-hmm. And she was doing it to this French song. And he was like, "You gotta listen to this song. It's a French song by this artist. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Well, her name I believe is I N D I L A. So Indila, I guess, is her name. But the so- the title of the song is what I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> it looked like Derriere, but it's D E R N I E R E. 
D-A-N-S-E. And when I tell you, it goes off. And when you hear this, when you hear the song and you think about what I just told you was going on, it was, it had, he said it was like breathtaking. Mm. Like, and so when you hear Send the song, it makes sense. I will. I, like, how'd you spell mm. it? I certainly will. I'll show. I, I am. <laughs> cute. I like that icebreaker. It was a cute one. Oh, but you know what? I did. Shout out to Nika Moore. When I was Snapchatting on the pool rooftop from the pool, I was playing Night Swim. And I did like a little scene setter. You know what I'm cute. saying? When the night has <laughs> come. Oh, and you know, you always got to play uh, the barge for something. Oh, of course. All this love is waiting for you. And that's my it. Baby. Ooh. I heard there's a movie coming out about them. <laughs> no? Let me tell y'all something right now. New edition, the new edition movie was good and it was necessary. They had a story. Uh-oh. People were invested enough in it. It needed to happen. Here, let's switch Just because the music y'all niggas like to, no, to this TV. still music. Just because y'all niggas <laughs> like that new edition movie so much. Everybody don't need a movie. <laughs> if I see one more damn headline about somebody talking about they they talking to somebody, they want to talk to this person about they buyout. You don't need a movie. Everybody does not need a movie. So you're not. Gonna... I do want to see the barges though. Well, me too, because you know that family's been through a. Whole <laughs> I was about to ask when I, I tell you that family. Listen, I heard some, some stuff buried. about it. I was like, what? Then them the barges now. <sighs> I'm curious. They had more drama than the Jacksons. Quiet as a cow. <laughs> But I agree. You're right. Everyone don't need. Everybody don't need no damn movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. So you're not gonna watch a biopic on um, who? Never mind. I was trying to think of somebody random, but black (laughs) or who? uh, Who else? Who have people been saying these? uh, Yeah, who else? <laughs> and the Lil Mo movie. And now, you know what I'm saying? And now we'll move rich. on to <laughs> TV Land. Lady Strange Come rich. on around the corner. The Marie biopic. Because people I, have been waiting. It probably would be good, actually, if you think about all the pictures <laughs> I was out back then, too. I saw someone tweet Justin <laughs> Can y'all start the show with the TV segment? They did. And <laughs> you know why, not, don't you? They, I, I heard. <laughs> you know why. I'm not going to talk about Basketball Wives this week. Nope. We I got two talk. episodes. Are they getting a special highlight? I'm not going to talk about oh, nothing. We're going to get straight <laughs> to where we need to be. This is going to be a group effort. Oh Asante has something to say, too. I'm going to do my so best. So we're going to discuss it now. Thanks again to Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin for supporting this week's podcast. For months, you've seen people talking about the award-winning Bevel trimmer, and now you can hold one for yourself. No more waiting lists. All orders are shipping now. The Bevel trimmer features four-plus hours of cordless power, zero gap adjustment in seconds, and an easy-to-clean blade designed to repel dirt, oil, and other buildup that can lead to irritation, and, as if that's not enough, a soft-touch grip with 360-degree non-slip handling. For a limited time, with every trimmer purchase, get the first month of Bevel Shave System free. Just head to getbevel.com slash friendzone. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com slash friendzone for your first month free of the Bevel Shaving System, exclusive with your Bevel Trimmer purchase. Bring Bevel into your life because everybody deserves to look good and get trimmed. Everybody knows that on episode four of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, season nine reunion, 
this is the last time we was going to see And then Page they have Hearts. the nerve to do a secrets revealed still for right. next week. Like, y'all well, going to give me but four you know what? And I almost want to watch done. it. And it doesn't even matter. I've never in my life seen anything like that. I have never seen anything as... It was as, the recap. I didn't see. Okay, it here we go. It was the best. I'm going to give you the recap and I'm going to give you the kneecap. <laughs> so... Long story short, all season long, there had been a rumor, okay, that Portia Williams introduced and said that someone told her that Candy said that her and Ty were going to drug her and take her back to their house to a sex dungeon to basically take advantage of her sexually. She also said that someone told her that Candy's husband, Todd, had been going back to New York City from Atlanta and telling women that his name was Marvin so he could cheat on her. She also right. said that Candy had been in a seven-year <laughs> lesbian relationship. Not to be confused with the lesbian relationship, bitch, that Lisa Nicole asked quiet about. It's a different one. Uh, so <laughs> that was for Asante. <laughs> um, she called us lesbians. Right. And Carl, you like that part? Lesbian. So like, oh. Uh, Did she talk like that or you just... <laughs> That's how Quad was talking on the re- that reunion. <laughs> Quad, that is Miss so Quad, Miss Quad, <laughs> she got, got it. it. She, she got, got it. it. Okay, Y'all but back that to up? this. No, <laughs> <laughs> back to this. So all season long, that's been going on. It caused a huge fallout between Candy and Portia. Um, just a lot of stuff. Come to fucking find out, right now. This is after. Several heated arguments, several tears shed, several like people stepping so far outside of their character, defending themselves. And I'm talking about Candy and Todd. Okay. Knockdown, drag out arguments where Candy actually leaned on Phaedra to verify the fact that Candy doesn't even do drugs and that's something that she would never even do, only to find out at the reunion when Andy Cohen asked Portia about it. You know what she says? I was served a cease and desist by Candy, so I can no longer speak on that. But what I'm going to do is allow Phaedra to speak on it since she's the one who told me that Candy said that. You said that? Yeah. What was everyone's reaction? Just that? what yours was, too. Oh. Right. Like, literally everybody. Every woman on the stage had a palm in between their titties. Okay? Every woman on the stage when that was said. Only... To then be told by Phaedra, well, I repeated it because someone told me that. Portia says, no, no, Phaedra, you told me that Candy told you that. Oh, gosh. Firsthand. That she knew for a fact. So basically what has happened, friend. I'm like suffering from secondhand embarrassment. Do you understand? Maybe. That's got to And there's so many layers, right? On national television. She was literally caught in a lie. Not just a lie, but a a disgusting lie with a lot of horrible implications, legal implications. Very damaging. Okay. Is that why they fired her? A nasty lie. No, they fired her because of the way her shoulders were so high on top of the back of her neck. (laughs) And that's why she always had to have her hair down in the back in some way. Anyway. Um, but so 
Long story short, Phaedra is, Phaedra is caught, and it, we find out that all this season, through all these relationships that have been severed and forever ruined, it's all because Phaedra literally made up a lie and told it to Portia so that she could say it on national TV, and it could have negative impact on Candy's life in general, her relationship, her businesses. But aren't they friends? They well, were, were supposed to be very close friends for many, many years. And she did that shit to her friend. To her friend. That's scary, y'all. She did that to her. And so then Portia, so it comes out, Kenya, okay, so where do you want Where do you want to go with this? Do you want to do ahead. the funny I, stuff or do you want to go there? I don't care. I just don't want to hear about Kenya. Okay, well, on. I do because it was funny <laughs> as hell. Kenya's Kenya is annoying to me. But I will what, never Ken, be on Kenya her is side. annoying and you don't have to and be on she, her I side, but let it be clear. Let it be clear and let it be known that the one thing that Kenya did not do was lie when no. when they tried to accuse Kenya of texting Apollo inappropriately. Kenya said, "Y'all, I'm not doing that shit. I didn't do that. That's not true. Only for everybody to say, oh, it's a lie. Whatever they said, you did it. Apollo said it. Only for us to find out that Apollo admitted that it was all a lie and that he made it up. Okay. Fast forward to this season. Um, Kenya I'm had so said lost that Fa- Kenya, on a show. Kenya said that Phaedra was a liar and that she had made all this stuff up. Here we go again. Phaedra's busted as a liar. Okay? So I let Kenya have her moment. Was it irritating? Yes. But was it on a petty note? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't do nothing but shake her chest and laugh all night. And then the funniest part was when she was just really nailing Phaedra. Um, with little side comments mm-hmm. and Frazier says Kenya shut which we knew it was coming she's right. like Kenya shut up and Kenya was like mm-hmm you shut up that's what she told her cause, she, cause at that point she was busted but let's really pay attention to what has happened here right why do people lie on these shows when it's clearly gonna be shown you have to be a certain kind of evil to do yeah. what Phaedra did that was something that was motivated by pure evil she was never truly candy's friend that means that they set up for many many years 10 years in weddings taking pictures that are going to be around forever and she never really truly was candy's friend she always looked at her through a third eye you cannot do you can't do harm like what phaedra did to candy and try to damage her reputation publicly Okay, this wasn't just some girls in a small town somewhere that got into it and all their friends know what happened. She did this on national TV on one of the most popular reality shows of all time. She accused Candy of all sorts of things. She made Candy be more vocal than she probably was comfortable with about the fact that she does have sex with women mm, when she true. wants to. And she did that because she knew that that was going to be embarrassing for Candy and something that she was going to have to publicly go forward with and not be comfortable about. She knew that Candy had children and a teenage daughter that she would have to explain that to, that she may not have been ready to um, understand yet. And Phaedra did all those things to this woman who was supposed to be her friend. She sat up on that fucking TV and she filmed with this boy who used to work for Candy, who suing her for over $160,000 or $80,000 in unpaid overtime, which is clearly inflated. Now, I ain't saying Candy paid him right. I don't know nothing about that. But what I do know is that Phaedra brought that up to the forefront and did it on camera so that she could harm and hurt Candy. And that was supposed to be her friend. Every confessional that Phaedra shot... She sat there with this confidence and with this air about her as if she had an opportunity to be defensive or she had an opportunity to be to have an opinion on something when she had actually made up a lie. Made something up. 
just to fuck with Candy. Just to fuck her up. And Andy Cohen kept asking her on the reunion, are you that mad at her? No, I'm I'm not. After she got caught, whatever Andy said, she agreed to. Did you notice that, Asante? Mm, She was like, Phaedra. She was like, Phaedra, it doesn't seem like you're telling the truth. She was like, I am telling the truth. And he was like, that wouldn't hold up in a court of law. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. I I was like, what the fuck is going on? She should have just been done at that point. Several times when they asked her for, Andy thought I had to say, Phaedra, speak. Because she was being quiet and calculated on purpose because she didn't want to say something that I think she thought would be more damaging. I guess she wanted to put her legal hat on now when you've already, like, done this on TV. So there no what you say today really is of no relevance. Like, we have a record right. of what is the, what has happened because of the lie that you just were caught in and made up. So what's the point in trying to be quiet and safe face? Now, that's not doing nothing but infuriating everyone on the stage, including the people behind the stage, which is the producers and the network brass at Bravo. That's not good TV, bitch. That's not you being transparent. And and her defense, what she's saying is, well, I can't take something back when it started out in the air. And when I was giving, well, see, what happened, when, I, when I was giving her the information, I, 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 I screwed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Portia, I'm sorry. She still sat on that couch. Still sat on the couch, though. And this is the part that really just really, I mean, my scrotum was so tight. (laughs) This is the part right here. When she said um, the, the fact that she that she still had this nasty air and arrogance about her. She was still doing like passive aggressive digs at Candy throughout all of this, which made me think, why is she that mad at Candy? Or is she just this fucking evil? She's just evil. Candy ain't done nothing to this girl. Candy still held back on this reunion and flat out said to her, I'm not going to tear you all the way down on this TV show. She said all the way. Still, when they were, when they were, when Andy was getting to the bottom of the Phaedra and Mr. Chocolate, the man that she allegedly carried on some inappropriate relationship with while she was married, Candy still said, you know what, let's just. I don't even want to talk about that. Let's just go on to something else. Because She still didn't. But Phaedra opened her fucking mouth and said when they finally gave her the floor and an opportunity to be apologetic and have some sort of redemption or some sort of, of saving a face, you know what she says? I feel horrible too. And the person I'm most concerned about is Portia. And then when Candy starts laughing, she's like, well, you didn't let me finish. The first motherfucking name out your mouth should have been Candy yeah. for all of the shit that you were being called out on right she now. She made up the lie about him going to New York, being with the women and changing his name to Marvin. She told Portia all of these things. And, and it, as it was coming out. How do you even just make that up? That's mental illness. That was my favorite part was when they that's... were making her admit. Instead of her just saying, yes, I said that. She was like, well, if Portia is so adamant about that, I said that then. And Portia had to interrupt this. She was like, no, no, no. You're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You said it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like Portia had to make that shit clear. That, she was like, okay. Because she Portia, thought she was going to talk I, her here's, way here's out of it. I, I don't know if Miss Heard me. Right. I didn't say that. I don't remember saying I don't miss her. I, I didn't. I'm sorry. Mm. Then 
She went backstage after everyone, Candy walked off set. Everybody decided it was time for a break. She goes backstage. You watch her sitting there thinking, getting her makeup and hair done. She goes in Portia's room because Portia is obviously the easiest one to manipulate because she's not too swift. So she goes in Portia's room and says, Portia, I am sorry. I didn't, if I, okay, I didn't know if, I didn't know if, so, so she kept trying to say that she repeated something to Portia and then she starts saying, but I, if, if something would have happened, I would have been a bad friend if I didn't tell you. So Portia says, so can't, so you actually believe that this is something that Candy and Ty would be doing, be capable of? Oh, I'm not saying, Portia, I'm sorry. That's not, well, no, well, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying this. I didn't know. This was, Where was this? Afterwards? This was during the break that they took improm- abruptly or whatever. Oh, they showed yeah, backstage. Yeah, they showed all, they, fit, they kept the cameras rolling for all this. So we oh, watched wow. her basically go back to Portia's dressing room to try to manipulate her. What she was doing at that point was trying by any means necessary to save the alliance that she had with Portia so that everybody on that couch wouldn't just nail into her ass. She knows that Portia's not smart and she also knows that Portia is very vocal and wild and Portia can kind of get a momentum rolling in a different direction and shift the focus. That's why she wanted to ensure that she had Portia on her side and she kept saying, I'm sorry. Anybody with a brain knows that once you've been busted as a liar and it comes out that you fed me all this wrong information just so I can talk shit and say all these things that you really want to say, but you want me to say them so that they get out there. And so you use me to do it. Portia was infuriated. Now, and she started playing this victim role and crying and shit and, and I need my sister and all this shit. I don't feel sorry for Portia at all. Yes, Portia was fed lies, but everything that she said, she she said them lies and we know about them lies because she wanted to let Candy have it in that argument. Absolutely. And she didn't give a fuck how bad the things that she was saying were or the implications. Because when you really run it back, Portia was the one that started it out because she was saying, I'm not going to let my friend trying to protect Phaedra mm-hmm. get che- treated like this and kept trying to check Candy. Mm-hmm. And now that's why when she's apologizing to Candy, because Por- Portia took the moment to sincerely apologize to Candy. See, I don't buy that. I think Portia did I'm that because she was that right. You, right. Okay. That's right. why he's rolling Look, his eyes. Sincerely in quotes, okay, <laughs> for y'all that can't hear him. Because for me, that apology, young lady, no. The way Save that you it, came bitch. through and you carried on this season trying to cape. Because Candy kept trying to tell Portia before we even got here. She's like, but I was, you know, riding with you. When you wanted to sing, I held the audition down for you to come through and do the damn thing. Candy was never fake. That's why she kept shutting shit down with Portia. And that's why now that Portia's been found out that Phaedra's a lie. Sorry. What's amazing to me is that mm-hmm. these people are actually defending Phaedra and Portia. <laughs> Both of them. Wow. Shit. These Pedro people are actually defending them and yes. saying that Candy has done something. When I don't know if we haven't been watching the same show. Y'all got to stop confusing whether you like somebody with whether or not they're right or wrong. Right. Everything that I has like happened. I like so many trash, terrible people, and I will tell I you. I mean, like, what the fuck? Everything that has happened, Candy has reacted to something that was done to her. Let's not forget the whole breakdown of Candy and Phaedra, their friendship falling apart. This happened because Phaedra shot a scene with NeNe Leakes saying that she really thought Candy would have been there for her during her divorce, and she wasn't. And she basically made it seem like Candy was being a bad friend and not supportive. Candy never said why that bothered her so much. We just watched the breakdown of their friendship. As time goes on and they really become distant, 
Phaedra, instead of really addressing the distance like Candy did, pulling her to the side to talk things out like Candy did, Phaedra just became increasingly more and more disrespectful and more and more heinous and evil with her actions. And she kept digging and fucking with Candy. The argument that everybody else brings up is that Candy lets her mama and her team talk about Phaedra. Well, those are her mama and her team. They're going to have something to say about a person who's not being so nice. Is Candy their parent? I thought that was Mama Joyce, not Riley Joyce. Right. Okay? So people want Candy. Can't, to me... Candy defended herself, and everybody said she broke girl code, but she didn't break girl code until girl code had already broken her. And she was completely, like they said on the show, vindicated on this reunion. I can't believe that anybody feels sorry for Portia. I can't believe anybody feels sorry for Phaedra. She's a fucking psychopath, and there's video footage of her dancing on couches at No IG Jeremy's lingerie party in Atlanta to knock at you buck this weekend. Oh, yeah. But she was just a Southern belle. Phaedra's been lying from day one, numero uno. And for me, she reminds me of, and people that have grown up in, um, organized religion and strict religion. She reminds me of these people that I saw, both my peers and adolescents and adults, who were completely living double lives. Yeah. And sitting up in the church or wherever you go, judging all the other members, casting judgment, talking shit about everybody else and claiming everybody else is just so immoral when they, at their core, were not good people and they mm. were doing this shit themselves. And she reminds me of that person that's who Phaedra is and it felt so good to finally literally watch something for one time be be done and, and something be vindicated watch somebody actually get justice for once there was even an episode on the season where Phaedra was trying to hold the restoration service for all the women. All of that was a lie. Like just the, <laughs> the, the what? It was a restoration service because she was like, "All oh, these ladies need a little Jesus. They need some saving right about now." No. And then on the reunion, they brought that up, and it was like, "I guess she was the one that really needed that, huh?" <laughs> she went on national television. It's her introduction to us on national TV was her lying and being evasive about exactly how far along she was in her pregnancy because she had had premarital sex. And she was going to give birth to the baby less than, you know, eight, nine months after she got married. And her mother and father are pastors. And she was a whole grown, full titty woman at the time. <laughs> Pregnant. Lying. That's how we met Phaedra. Now, I will this say. inspired me. I got a, a show topic out of this. I will say. I do see that there could be a couple of different, like, ideas for next season. Not including Phaedra. Oh, okay. But Portia... I could, I could, you know, I could still see, and you know, they give her so many chances and she messes them up, so I feel bad for even saying this. But I do still see there could be like a cute little Portia trying to get back in the crew thing next season with whoever a new girl is or whatever. But the apology on the show was just not enough. It was not. It wasn't sincere. And you it could wasn't. see it. You could see that she was putting it on. They're all fake. They're all, not they she all. Just Portia knew. and Phaedra are fake and phony and they're getting exactly what they deserve. I hope everybody drags them to hell three times. <laughs> Poor Phaedra has been fired. She deserves it. She's done nothing but trash. Anytime she has contention with anybody, she trashes them. She has trashed Apollo Nida in the media when we all know that he's a criminal and has made mistakes, but she distanced herself from him the moment the shit hit the fan. And then she set up on the reunion and, and went out with another lie because she said that she sued this lady named Angela Stanton who wrote a tell-all book about Which her I bought. It's called on my Lies Kindle from right a now. Real House Lies <laughs> of a Real Housewife and she said she sued her and won the case 
which was also a lie because Angela Stanton has gone. She went down to the OLG restaurant on Sunday and sat down at the viewing party and introduced herself to Candy again and said, nope, she's lying. The case was dismissed with prejudice. Phaedra forfeited her rights to sue me, do anything legally. My book is still available. I can tell my story, make a movie. She can't do nothing. And then she sent in the documents to the gossip websites and posted those up too. So we've actually seen I the court I purchased my copy. Chris Phaedra L. lied. Chris L. Janae purchased her copy and she she told me everything that was popping. She finished the book when we got off the flight and told me everything. I was like, damn, Auntie Fefe. I'm buying that book. We should have an, we should have an episode. Where we talk about the book. <laughs> no. Oh. Where, where we talk about Phaedra? Well, I mean, no. sort of. Like be mean. <laughs> no. Oh. Like when we just run jokes back. No, but what if you're that person who like you've been lying a lot, talking about everybody and shit hit the fan? Like, what do you do? How do you fix it? We should have an episode mm, on that. We should. Because I'm sure there are people going through that now. They, they've Christie. been shady, fucked up, gossiping, betraying their friends. And now they're like, is there a way to fix that? Like, can Phaedra fix this? Mm-mm. Or does she no, need to Phaedra's just leave done. Atlanta and start yeah. a new Phaedra, batch of friends Phaedra's somewhere? Done. Mm-hmm. She's done. Bobby Brown wrote in his book that... He ain't trying to say nothing about what kind of lawyer she is, but every time she was his lawyer, he wound up going to jail. Well, why the hell was she his lawyer more than once? <laughs> because he was... Oh. <laughs> Listen, I knew I knew that Phaedra, when she gave Sheree her check back, <laughs> I was like, oh, she ain't a good lawyer at all. Like, she ain't even going to try to keep her money or fight for her. She just gave her the money right back because she knew she sucked and she wasn't even going to be able to win that case for that little last check. I said, I can't. The man she was talking to that she said was encouraging. This is why the bitch, this is why she <laughs> makes me sick. Instead of just saying, yeah, I was talking to another guy, which Candy told us she was, she wants to say, there was a man I was talking to that was encouraging me. I was going through a rough time. We text. We never held hands. We never saw each other. It was just conversation. You was talking to somebody and you told Candy you was going to marry him by the beginning of the year. Word on the street is. Word on the street. The man who Phaedra was talking to was Jamal Bryant. The pastor who used to be married to Giselle's country ass on Real Housewives oh my of Potomac. But you ain't heard that from me. And the word on the street now <laughs> is that he's engaged to tweet. Uh, but yeah, so that's my recap on the Real Housewives ooh. of Atlanta. <laughs> and I don't have nothing else to talk about. Good riddance, Phaedra. Um, she deserves everything that she gets. Oh and my. that's it. Okay, so... Who don't you want to see back next season? Phaedra. That's it? Mm-hmm. And Portia needs to be demoted. I think that Portia, sh- she can do a demotion, mm-hmm. and she can rebuild, and we can figure out if we want her but back. But I want her there because I want them to get her. And Nene I mean, yeah, coming she back. definitely has so a really lot of making her. up And Nene is guns blazing. Have you been that, seeing her stuff? Uh, uh, what? Do you know what makes She's been going the off on Phaedra and Portia. Where? On social media? Everywhere she can. Live, Twitter, Twitter. She's been doing the whole night. You know they call themselves freaking frack. Nene called them freaking fraud. <laughs> I don't freak her. Fraud. And then just speaking of the gay shit, Portia just, for me, like, once she did that sermon talking about the gays was going to hell and all that shit, and she's been eating can we all just talk of about the that? vagina. Okay, like, you know what? Let's say something about that. let so Portia did a sermon way back when, and it went viral. Here are my air quotes. It was out of context where she a was preaching. Where? Kimberell Church. Oh, okay. Preaching some homophobic stuff, and when they brought it up on the show, damn, the government. fucking Siri problem. <laughs> so then the uh, so then the government. So then um, the video goes viral of her being homophobic and whatnot, and they bring it up on the show. 
And she just says, well, it was taken out of context and it was a long time ago and people change. <laughs> it's like, yeah, those are all true and fine, but bitch, you still sit, like you still have to like come to this. You fake. Like you fake. And I Period. hate when people apologize like that because it's like, what are you fucking do? I'm definitely not gonna ride for your ass if you are here doing that. I just can't. I hope I never see Phaedra again. Because it really just went to double into her apology to Candy, just being, let me just say this to, you know, because it's on TV and it's the last time I'm gonna get it out the way. So let me just say I did it to do it. They it's not really actually did Candy to, wrong. As hell. Like, they really I, did I have her always wrong, liked like, Candy. When people were talking about Candy before, like, oh, she's always whining, she won't check people. Like, and her, for me, just looking at her, she's on TV, she may not care about half this shit because she just was popping before reality TV was popping. And then she gets put in arenas with people that ain't really had money or maybe they've had money and they're just thirsty for the, the TV time. She don't give a fuck about none of that shit. And she's being attacked left and right. Kim coming through stealing the baby name. Mm-hmm. Stealing the fucking song. Stealing the money. Like, <laughs> she just wanted a friend. Like, I didn't care about this song or none of this shit. You could have taken the money, but if you would have talked to me, we could have resolved it. They just always doing candy wrong. And I don't like that shit. And that's why. why I like that she was sitting next to Andy this season and she got all them bitches together every she moment really she did. got. Tuh. So shout out to her. Shout out shout to Shamia Morgan to candy who deserves all of the peaches in the world. And I'm also going to take a moment of silence for Miss Sharon, R.I.P. Who's that? Todd's mama. mama. Oh. Because they said on the episode that Todd, uh, when they were doing the rumor about him being Marvin coming up to New York... The reason that he doesn't like to come to New York now is because it's not it hasn't felt the same since his mother passed. And he so, won't go by himself. Right. He always was in New York with Candy. <sighs> While we issuing the R.I.P. shout out to Kenya's dog, Velvet. <sighs> Velvet died? Oh. Twirled on the heaven. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't mean to do it like that. The pearly, the pearly dog gates. You know them gates that you put at the top of the steps when you got a dog. He went through the pearly dog you gates. Say hot dog. <laughs> oh God, forgive us. Velvet. Now he's crushed velvet. Oh, y'all know. Wait a minute now. You know what? <laughs> Wait. No. <laughs> So that's it for the TV land <laughs> segment. Oh, Asante. Ooh. That's it. That was a good one. Let's wrap this thing up. Today's episode of The Friend Zone is brought to you through the support of Warby Parker. Warby Parker believes glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory, just like a bag, a shoe, a necktie, or a hat. And they make it easy and affordable to accessorize with your eyewear. Glasses start at $95 including prescription lenses that include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. Yes, you heard that right. Warby Parker's home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your door, where you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Get feedback from friends, family, colleagues, everyone whose opinion you care about. Try the frames for five days before sending them back using a free prepaid Return shipping label with no obligation to purchase. It's 100% free. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Head to warbyparker.com slash friendzone to order your free home try-ons today. Choose the five, five frames you'd like to try on, mail the frames back, choose your favorite pairs to have your prescription added to, and order. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and it's free shipping all around. 
visit W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash friendzone to begin your free home try-on experience today. And after you place your home try-on order, and make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes App Store. They built an incredible home try-on companion feature, which allows you to quickly take photos wearing all the frames, stitch it into a video, and share it with friends and family to help you pick a winner. Remember, that's warbyparker.com slash friendzone to order your free home try-ons today. Woo! For the, don't forget for asking for a friend to email us at the friendzone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. <laughs> yep. And this one is titled, Friend in Need Before I Snap. <clears throat> hey, friends, I need your help, and I know that you guys can offer the most best advice for my situation, especially you, Asante. Oh, okay. <laughs> the time has come for me to quit my job and lip sync for my life. Oh, well, not exactly lip sync, but that's the gist. It's just time for me to create and follow my dreams and passions of being a creative, such as a writer, an actor, a playwright, and even starting off as podcaster because it is my passion to help others through my story and my self-expression so others can be a better person. I've been working in my career for over 10 years now. I work in healthcare and can pretty much do my job anywhere in the country. That is if Trump doesn't further fuck it up. I make good money and have great benefits, but as we know, living in New York City, it is beyond a struggle and making what I make, I shouldn't have to. What's kept me in New York is my present role in the fact that I have a salary of 65K without an actual degree. I did start it, but paid my way through as far as I could until life happened. It's been okay until recent. I live in a, bed, a one bedroom in Brooklyn, and I've done nothing but struggle since I moved here. I've almost been evicted twice, my gas and electricity shut off twice, and I even got so depressed that I fell into the trap of going beyond weed and using harder drugs. Mm. Thank God I snapped out of this, that shit, because I look too good to be out here in these streets. <laughs> Insert Dustin voice here. In these streets. As an addict. I have absolutely no safety net and need my health insurance because of chronic medical condition I have that comes up every few years or so. The universe has been showing me and basically shouting at me that quitting my job is what I need to do with dreams. With randomly in spaces where I amongst other creatives and just constantly hearing about opportunities that I miss constantly while working a nine to five. My question is, when you took that jump, what did you encounter? How did you get the strength and courage to do it? And is it wise to take this chance just to pursue my dreams when I have no backup plan to fall on? I'm often reminded of that line. If you want to be somebody and you want to go Oh, somewhere. don't start that bullshit. <laughs> oh, fine. Then you gotta wake. <laughs> Please, any advice you can provide would be helpful. <laughs> well, congratulations on kicking the harder drugs. Yeah, because seriously. that is expensive, and living in New York is already expensive, and weed is already expensive. So harder drugs is expensive. So that's going to be one crutch that you're going to have to go ahead and relieve yourself of. So aiming for that. Um, I say crutches because weed is one of my crutches that I rely on. So once I quit my job, I I said as long as I can pay my rent and afford my crutch, which is my weed, to keep me stabilized while I go on this journey of, then it's I'm good. the journey. Because <laughs> I'm still here. And it's... I'm going to kick you. <laughs> it's been hard. I, I, I'm, I, I'm still here. I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's been hard. But one of the things that I had to do was I had to say that I want to be happy. And if there are more things making me unhappy than being happy, then I got to let that shit go. 
it's so easy to get stuck in our jobs because it takes up so much of our day. So it's like, okay, I know how to do this and I'm secure because I know that this can pay my bills. But making yourself happy is something that you also know how to do, right? So if you want to be happy, you want to live, and you know that there are ways of doing that, and you have the drive to keep yourself afloat, once you invest in yourself, everything else is going to be second nature. Like, once you've invested in that corporate job, you invest when you take that time to sit in those damn trainings early in the morning and learn all that shit and then program yourself to become good at that stuff. It's not something you just knew how to do. You didn't walk into a lot of those jobs and just know how to do them and be great at them for 15 years. Like, no, that shit took time for you to learn and you had to nail that shit into your spirit. Take it out your spirit. <laughs> nail some things that you want to do into it and monetize that. Monetize it that way. It'll come... You'll find little things to do. If you want to be a writer, you'll write short stories and some on the train or something random. Something. Something literally always comes up. And that was one thing that happened when I quit my job. Left, was in Miami yesterday, Atlanta tomorrow. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. And I quit my damn job. (laughs) That's all I got right now. (laughs) And whether you're working uh, a nine-to-five or working for yourself, it's a struggle either way. Like, I'm an entrepreneur and it's hard. It's not easy. Like we talked about last week, there's so many lows that are, you know, financial lows, creative lows, so many highs. And it's just kind of, it's a seesaw, it's going to come and go. But at least you're struggling for yourself. (laughs) I think that's the difference. I'm struggling in the right direction, if that makes sense, because I'm trying to build my own thing, you know. And I will say that stress levels obviously affect your health. You know, I have a chronic illness as well, and it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It flared. That's the word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's the word? It flared more often when I was working a nine to five because I didn't want to be there. So this isn't a you know a dig at people who work nine to fives. There are people who are very happy and and successful. And, you know, sustaining great lives and totally cool with their nine to fives. I'm not talking about those people, but there are people who go every morning, feel terrible and they hate it and they're depressed about it. And they're looking at the clock, waiting, counting down for five Mm -hmm. o'clock. Those people are harming themselves. Yeah, because you're you're stressed, you're depressed, you don't feel good. So you're living a life that's like out of uh, force as opposed to just kind of stepping back and looking and seeing like how can I live a life that's better suited to what I want to do so I can wake up in the morning and actually be happy about where I have to go and it affects your health now as an entrepreneur yeah I'm tired and stressed and have all these issues here and there but my illness has not been affected because I am happy with what I'm creating so I think if you're worried about your chronic illness take it from me <laughs> Uh, working for someone else flares that shit up like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like broken heart again. Another lesson learned. You know, she should really know her friends, or else she will get burned. I think that, like, you know, <laughs> you got to count on me because you can guarantee that you'll be fine. Oh my god! So no more pain. <laughs> you know, no more shame. No drama. No more drama in her life. You know, no one should ever make her hurt again. Can you please do the? Ah, can you do that part? Breathe on my other thing. Breathe on my other thing. 
Mary J. Blige's Strength of a Woman in stores and all media outlets <laughs> right now. It. Dustin should do a one-man show only using Mary J. Blige lyrics. I hope that helps you. <laughs> Especially if you're dealing with depression in the city. The city is just, uh, it's a great place, but it's just so easy to get lost into some shit, too. So, yeah, man. Like, That's what I'm trying to get out. I'll be dealing with seasonal effective disorder, and that shit be taking me down. I'll be like, this is some fucking bullshit. And it's just so hard sometimes, but I just thank God for those days. I can just look at the battle and say, do I want to create another obstacle for myself in my life? That's right. Or no. <laughs> and normally, and I see your life, how much yours changed once you left that job. Uh, and you were definitely like, shit, I don't know if this is going to work. But to go to work with shit and then arrive there and there is already deal shit. deal with more shit. And how am I supposed to make room for any of the things that I want to do? Like, it was terrible. It was horrible. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing this shit no more. Y'all can have all this shit here. I'm going to leave it right here and y'all can have it all. And it worked out. It worked out. I will never regret uh, blocking my manager and never talking to them ever again. Blocking. There are plenty of jobs that I have left amicably and I can go back in there and speak to everybody and be happy. I could probably go back into this job and they love me still. But I will never set foot in there. I will leave all that energy there. I've closed that book, that chapter. It's gone. If you work there and you're listening, I still love you. I still pray for you. I promise. Hit me up on the snap. And get rid of them paper straws. They get soggy too fast. Oh, my God. Them paper straws was (laughs) terrible. I never understood why they had them dumbass paper straws getting soggy all in my drink. Can I just say to y'all today, as I was tired before I came to do the show, I thanked God for like 15 minutes. I promise you. I I literally just stood there before I could even hit play on my music. I just said, you know what, God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I just have to say thank you, Lord, a million times. Looking like that right Christ here. the Redeemer statue. <laughs> like I I'm telling you, life is great, it's good. I just had to say that. So if you needed to hear Amen. that, if you needed to just be reminded that life is good and it's great, you've been looking at all the bad, huh? Refocus. Zoom out. <laughs> Speaking of zooming out, let's zoom on in on the black business. <laughs> the black business, black business. So like I said earlier, shameless Maya, shout out to you. Obviously, yes. um, this past weekend was her five her five year and I always want to say is it fifth year, five year, five year anniversary. Congratulations, Maya. Cinco de anniversary. As an online brand, it's Cinco de anniversary. Um, And it was amazing. Her fan base is so awesome. They were dancing. It was cool food. She did a panel. I was the host of it. It was amazing. So we had a great time. And she announced at the party that her merch was now open and available. Shameless Maya merch is live. Right? Really cute, like, uh, Pink dad hats that say "Do you boo?" which is Shameless Maya's tagline. Yeah, um, and she also has this really inspiring poster that you hang on your wall that kind of helps you have some positive affirmations when you wake up in the morning and see it. I, you know, I absolutely love that, and you can fill it in. She leaves some blanks so that it's customized oh, wow. to your like the blank your goals. Card. Yeah, and it's customized to your particular goals and things that you need to read in here. Just awesome. She's so dope. So I had to shout her out and hope that you guys would support her store. She's going to be adding some more things like the two uh, fingers and some coconut oil pin set. If you listen to the Celibacy episode, you know why that is hilarious. (laughs) Um, You're talking about mixing a lime with the coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she has a couple of more things that will be on the shop soon. So definitely keep an eye on an eye out. I can't speak today. You think Maya hiring? <laughs> I'm gonna do all the voiceovers for her shows. That was yes. so cute. 
Um, but check out check her out at shamelessmaya.com or shop.shamelessmaya.com and support the boo. Boo. And that's it for this week's Black Business. Do you guys have any church announcements to share? I don't have none right now. Actually, I do. Look out for me on On the List on BroadwayBlack.com. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing oh all the Tony God. nominees this year. Oh, my God. It's really awesome. great. Um, so you can catch me on there and not outside. <laughs> what about you, Asante? <laughs> Uh, nothing. I will be seeing you in New York City on May 20th with Furious Thoughts Live. So don't forget to save the date, New York. That is May 20th, Furious Thoughts Live. KidFuryLive.com if you want tickets. If tickets are still available, it's not my fault if they aren't. That's it for me. <laughs> um, For me, I will be seeing Chicago on the 20th, yes. right? And the 21st, that's the next stop Some of the wellness city. tour. Boom, 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 boom. Right, and I can finally announce that our new sponsor is Lewis York. Yes! Oh! It just came through like a raging, raging, <laughs> raging bull. Lewis York, who, as most of you know, are two of my closest friends, but also the creators of our theme song. Yes, Shout out they to are. Kelly oh, my God. And Chuck Harmony. Um, they had been wanting to invest in more culture. It's a conversation we've been having for months now. Aside from being my friends, we've worked on tons of creative projects together throughout the years. Um, I've known Claude since we were like 13, so we go way back. And when we lost, um, and I love, you know, I'm always transparent. We lost our funding with Raw Apothecary because they hit some financial issues that obviously I can't speak on because that's their business, but it really hurt us. It hurt our tour and it was kind of abrupt and scary for us. And that's what I was saying. That kind of scared me because I'm like, when you're doing everything right to hit a low like that, mm -hmm. you sort of look at God like, dude, I'm trying here to be good and not take every check that comes my way and only take ones that are good for my brand and maintain my integrity to not be out here selling fit tees and waist trainers and shit, you know, but it gets hot. in G5 now. <laughs> you know, like I'm trying not to be that person and just like really maintain poise and, and a respectable brand, but then shit like that happens and you're just like, okay, so what am I supposed to be doing then? But like I said, I handled that low with grace and I stayed... Uh, prayed up because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what gets me by right no but I, I all jokes aside I was just like God knows the intention of this tour and me as a person so it's going to work out mm -hmm. and then my best friends and I ended up having a conversation about investment that they had pulled out from because it no longer aligned with their brand and strange enough the amount of the investment was exactly the amount of the investment of Raw Apothecary and my tour. And I like my heart dropped because I knew in that moment, like, OK, this is this is the fix. <laughs> and then it's coming from my friends. What better marriage? And when I explained to them, I was like, you guys said you want to invest in more culture. How about investing on a tour that focuses on mental health, mental hygiene <laughs> for women, for women of color, for marginalized communities? I was like, what better investment than that? And my best friend was like, dude, what better investment than that? And as two black men who are highly successful, they are so happy and thankful that 
in a weird way, their loss and my loss turned into a whole new beautiful platform That's and amazing. collaboration. So, so thankful that it kind of happened when it happened. That's what I'm saying. You might not... In that moment, it feels like, oh, fuck, what the hell? Why did this happen to me? But then look look at it. Like, now we're working together and we're friends. And it's just, like, an easier collaboration. And I'm thankful that, like I said, I knew my intentions, so I knew it would work out. Handle those lows with grace, and it'll be better than it was before that low even came. That's so right. thank you, Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony, for supporting yes. women and my tour and just for being awesome <clears throat> young men yes. that care about their communities. And that's it. That's it for my church announcement. Chicago, I'll see you guys next week. We just posted with a location. And that's it for this week's show. Y'all turned your location on. <laughs> right? <laughs> we just turned our location. So we'll see you guys. And love you. Thank you for listening. Stay back and protect your magic. Bye. Thanks again to Third Love for supporting this week's episode of The Friend Zone. Remember that Third Love uses real women's measurements to create actual bra sizes that fit well and fit better. They're available in sizes AA through G, as well as their exclusive half cup sizes for people like me. Try one of the Third Love's 24-7 bras for 30 days. If it's not your new favorite undergarment, return or exchange it for free. So go to thirdlove.com slash friend now and try Third Love free for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com forward slash friend. Enjoy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.